right. Those mouthfuls want you gone until they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You change things forever. And why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to a ribbon off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You will complete me. You're garbage. Who kills for money? Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. I need you right now. When I don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, their morals, their code. It's a bad joke. I'm dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Seven minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are here live from the plushly appointed, yet not only ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday, and welcome to Day 12. It's uh, 503-733-2970 if you want to join us today. 503 503- 733-2970-503-733-2970. Your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, complaints, observations, ruminations, limericks, uh, zen haiku, whatever it is you might have today. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol in his last week before his Vegas slash whore-based vacation. Uh, is here ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the just plain off-putting. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to email us, you can do that as well. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. So greetings, uh, good morning, salutations. Hi there, ho there, hey there. Uh, here's what's coming up later on today. CNN Radio correspondent Bob Costantini will join us today. Here's a name from the past. Whatever happened to John Hinckley Jr.? Uh, there you go. Tim, where's John Hinckley Jr. right now? Is he A, in prison, B, living in a halfway house, C, on uh, supervised probation? I think he's still behind bars. Well... I actually, or I should have said, I should have said D. None of the above, because it's actually he's actually <clears throat> incarcerated in a psychiatric hospital, Joker style. That's what I thought. Uh, so, but but just like Manson before him, uh, I guess he's going to some sort of hearing to try to get out. So, 
Uh, we'll talk to Bob Costantini today about that. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, will join us from Los Angeles about the ongoing bankruptcy trial of one Joseph Francis, purveyor of Girls Gone Wild videotapes and DVDs the whole world over. Uh, what else? I believe we have uh, Peter Carlin coming up today from the Oregonian, who is back from the critic thing or the upfront to the whatever that thing is, uh, the thing in Los Angeles where you can see all the previews for the for the whatever. Uh, he'll talk about that. He'll talk about the uh, season premiere of Mad Men, which is coming up this coming Sunday, and also right here in my hand. You can't really hear it if unless I just. Well, that was anticlimactic. It's one of those little packs of salt. Sad little thing. <laughs> I have a ton of them. Sad and. See, that I'm making a noise either. They're packed too tightly. I'm holding here in my hand bacon salt because, as it says here on the label, everything should taste like bacon. Uh, I do think it's kosher, too. So, all right. Hey, and it's vegetarian, by the way, Tim. It's vegetarian? It's vegetarian. It is, How can it be vegetarian? It's, I don't, it is I don't believe them. Listen, it is a naturally flavored, zero-calorie, zero-fat, vegetarian, kosher seasoning that makes everything taste like bacon. Oh, you know, I'm going to make scrambled eggs wow. tonight right. and season them with bacon salt. So I'm gonna put bacon a, scrambled eggs. Uh, this is going to go right in my toast. It's mock bacon. It's, mm. it's exactly what it is, Tim. Uh, it does contain milk, Tim. Oh, no. How can bacon salt contain milk? No, it says natural and artificial flavors. Contains, contains milk. Contains milk. Well, I wasn't going to try that. I'm entirely confused. All right. On the upside, Tim, it does contain cellulose gel. That's sawdust, by oh, the way. that's my favorite. Yeah. How about a nice heaping, steaming tablespoon of chemicals? Uh, so we'll talk to the fine folks from BaconSalt.com uh, later on today. Religious Nutcase Watch coming up. Monkey Watch coming up. Uh, not... Uh, so I'm now so behind with worst songs you've, you've ever heard. We're going to try to get to two of them today. Uh, one is merely bad. The other is flat out terrible. One of them is so terrible that I'm going to uh, that Chris Paddock is going to come in the studio and he's going to sort of give us some, some accompaniment to it. So Chris Paddock is going to come in and we're, we're going to talk about the first of these worst songs you've ever heard. That's coming up later on today. Uh, let's see. We'll continue our sound clip inventory. And um, I have something, something else. Oh, I've got some hideous things that I uncovered in my cupboards while cleaning this weekend. So we'll uh, we'll go because uh, my wife and I. This is how dull we are uh, because she had the day off, and so we just spent all day yesterday just cleaning our kitchen and our house. Because it's, I think I just in my own head I reached some sort of, I reached some sort of event horizon where I just couldn't take it anymore. It's like where you just open it, you know, like everybody has that that one cupboard or the one drawer where everything just gets shoved for year after year after year. You know, and it's it's like it's like Fibber McGee's closet, where you're just opening things and throwing them in and slamming the closet door shut before an avalanche of crap can come out. And I just I finally just had it this weekend, and we went on like a four-hour cleaning binge. Um, so I found some stuff that I brought into the studio today. Tim Riley, uh, back from his Friday adventure. Yes. How are you feeling, Tim? I feel fine. Relatively cancer-free, I hope. Yes. Or do well, you not find out until later this no, week? No, they told me right away. Really? As a matter of fact, when you go in, you don't. First of all, you don't remember anything. They they, uh, they jack you full of this knockout fluid, and they're done about uh, in less than an hour. Really? So There's this a, is so uh, you had to quit eating Wednesday at noon. Thursday at noon, you had to take. These... No, I, I quit. I think it was Wednesday at six. I quit. Thursday, I. Could not eat. And then you took those big laxative pills. Oh, they worked great. <laughs> and I was so mad because when the time had come, somebody had clogged that toilet. Really? Yes. I think we know who. Somebody had I don't know. clogged that toilet. <laughs> uh, so this is, so the thing so is. I you, managed to find facility. You took these huge laxative like horse pill things on Thursday at noon. And we, if you were not listening Thursday, you really did miss quite a 
Really, I, I had to interrupt Ben Lane. It's exactly the, it's exactly the sort of reason. It's the sort of thing that CBS hired us to do, Tim. Uh, we, we just we're keeping track all day long of your, you know, the various conditions yes. in the bowel area, mm-hmm. uh, and so that. But we, you thought you were sort of clear because the thing is, on Thursday at about two thirty, I think finally we were like, you know, F it. You should just, you just go home. You should well, get in your car. I was in the car. I was walking down the hallway, <laughs> and something told me, uh oh. Did you feel a it rumbling? Like, it was like Defcon two warning, warning, <laughs> warning. You have less than thirty seconds. So I went into that room. The toilet is clogged. Clogged. <laughs> no, no. no. I flushed it frantically three times, and of course. Uh. I shut the door and I let the nature take its course. <laughs> like Henry Fonda's in your colon picking up the red phone and calling the premiere. I thought it was everything inside of me. <laughs> all my bodily organs. <laughs> You're checking the bowl for your lungs. Yes. <laughs> they do work. And then uh, when I went home and I took... So I went home and at 6 o'clock I drank that delicious solution. Now is this the metal milkshake? Oh, it was even worse than that. <laughs> I, I stayed in my office all night because my office, well, you've been to my office before, yeah. there's a, my own private restroom next to my office. Yes. And uh, it, it's just a couple steps from my desk. Lucky it was. <laughs> because, like, every but you have to drink this whole thing to right. finish it off. Well, your body is full of things that you don't even know. <laughs> things you don't want to know what my body's full of. And lucky I didn't go see the dark night because it was a dark night in my office, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I took two steps. I would sit down. Time to get up again. <laughs> Till midnight. I finally oh. fell asleep at one. Wow. I woke up barely able to move. Now, were you, were you awakened during the night by any uh, of, of these needs? No. I, it, it was done around 12.30. So from 6 to midnight. Jesus. Six and a half hours of... And of I'm not a big guy. Evacuating. I was just going to say, how much could be in you? Oh, you be... <laughs> so the next day, I, I, I went to the hospital. The... Uh, the uh, the cancer area of uh, Good Sam on 22nd, great place. Well, it was really scary. You're walking in the building with big metal letters that say cancer. <laughs> I'm going into a building that says cancer. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to spend my whole day in the cancer building. How about you? <laughs> so that's enough to cheer anyone Jesus. up. So uh, they put you on a gurney, and they ask you various questions. You know, I said, well, you know, most people in their 40s in my family died of cancer, which is true. Uh, which is the reason I wanted to be screened. So they put an IV in you, and they will you into the procedure area, meet the doctor, blah, 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 blah. And you feel some warm solution going through your body that they put in through the IV, and all of a sudden you wake up, and the doctor's standing over you saying, it's over? That wasn't so bad, was it? We found, we found nothing. Uh, uh, you don't have cancer? You can come back in 10 years. and then you passed out? Uh-huh. Uh. Um, so this is so that's the thing where they can they can tell right away whether you have cancer or not. Correct. Like there's no awkward waiting in the in the uh, in the in the room for like three days or whatever, sitting there. Look, we're gonna get back to you. The worst, by the way, is when there's something where it's like not a week before you find out, but it's just like about three hours. You know what I mean? Just long enough for you to sit there and work yourself up. And, well, I guess I should drop my last will and testament. Just long enough for you to go to lunch and sit there and it, like grind your teeth down to nubs, waiting to see if you've got a tumor. So, all right. Well, so that night I went home, and I, I had conversations with relatives that I don't even remember. <laughs> hey, you don't know me, but uh, I'm not dying. So, uh, there you go. And you're good for 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. That's amazing. But, I mean, now, I don't mean to, to, to seem morbid, but why are you good for 10 years? Like, couldn't cancer start today? Well, this type of cancer, like colon cancer, yeah. they only do it every 10 years. 
So it must grow. It's a very slow moving kind of I cancer. I suppose so. Yeah. Interesting. But All they right, said don't come back for ten years. Says fine. Okay, I won't. All right. Good for you, Tim Riley. So yeah, I'll good. continue to live on. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Fantastic. And you know you don't remember anything, and <clears throat> you have a little bloating the next day, but you're back to normal after that. You can eat as much as I had Wendy's fries on the way home. Uh. Now, are Wendy's fries vegan, Tim? Yes, they are. Okay, good for you. I would hate to think that you're going down the Timmy Ryan path. No, By Wendy's way, fries are vegan. You miss Timmy Ryan shoving his face full of voodoo donuts on, on Friday and claiming they're vegan. Well, as a matter of fact, when I was waiting, I was listening on the line. Hearing the debacle that the program becomes in your absence? Hearing Timmy Ryan and his girlfriend shout at each other about who bit who first at a bar. But, you know, it makes me feel better, and it makes me feel that I have this little extra job security if I ask for Timmy Ryan to take over for me any time I want a day off. So, Timmy, I'm going to have a whole list of my days off that you're coming up, and I want to make sure that you can cover these. It makes, makes you look even more professional by comparison. By the way, was the I'm going to live on statement, was that, uh, was that either a taunt to your enemies, or were you echoing Bill Pullman there? Both. Or both. Excellent. Uh, and I was thinking about it, what what line I'm going to use after this procedure is over. And that was it, because I was lying on the table. Bad. And this warm solution is going through me. That's a that's a weird... So is that an anesthetic or something? Yeah. That you put, or, or whatever, a sedative? Two different kinds. Jesus. I got the works. I right. Well, I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to my colonoscopy, Tim. So... When does that happen? Like, they start at, like, 40? Wait... If you don't well, have any, Tim's if, on a if day you don't, 35. Yeah, if you don't have history in your family... Well, Tim's proactive, though. It's, it's 50 if there's no history in your family. Or before that... It, there's a history of it in your family. All right, okay. Uh, there's not a history of that kind of cancer. Okay, it's then you all can wait till you're 50, though. Oh, excellent. That's fine. Great, wonderful. All right, uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday. Two Milwaukee teenagers joyriding turn joyless after a passenger loses his leg after being thrown from the car. Security, uh, curiosity didn't kill a Vancouver cat. It just got caught in a mason jar. Salem police bashed their way into a barricaded bedroom to save a stabbed woman. A North Plains man is killed in a collision with a honey bucket. The woman, uh, oh, the mother of a groom is stabbed in a 100-person wedding brawl. A Florida woman stabs a man with a pitchfork over $6. Let's hear it for our parent company, CBS, in the clear as the court throws out that insane FCC fine for Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. Fantastic. This just in. Government tells FCC to get bent. Amen. That's wonderful. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Shannon Doherty returns to the new 90210. Yes! Today's modern hot dogs are no longer a mixture of rendering straps. The Dark Knight breaks Spider-Man's record by raking in $155 million. Excellent. Did you see The Dark Knight this weekend? I did. How did you feel about it? It was okay. Do you give it a... You so give on, like, like A, B, C, D, or F. C+. Plus. You give it a moderate thumbs up. Yes. All right. What did you like most about it? The action. All right. What did you like least about it? It was se- sensory overload. You feel there was too much uh, happening? Uh, the editing was so slick that it didn't give you a minute to catch your breath, and you get tired after a while of watching it. I will say this. Uh, I was talking to Johnny Garoshi. That's a bad thing. No, it's it's. I mean, but it's. It, it, and I think a lot of that too is. I mean, Christopher Nolan probably didn't have total leeway as a director. He probably had some freedom, but I would imagine not total freedom. And again, we won't spoil anything about this, obviously. But I was talking to uh, to Joni about that this weekend. We were sort of comparing notes on it. I will say this, and again, we won't go into any detail about it. But that that final action sequence. Uh, where there's some, you know, some hostages at the end. Mm-hmm. 
I found that edited together so quickly and blindingly that I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Exactly. And, and I've talked to like 50 kind of, other people who felt yeah, that way. Yeah, it kind of all comes to a head there, right. and it's like, okay, and it, then it's done. Yeah. What happens is it gives you too much to think about yeah. when you're trying to process the information, something else is going on, so you're trying to catch up, you're trying to catch up. You're like three steps behind, exactly. always. Yeah. And that's my only problem with that movie. And that's why I, I found it a little bit too exhausting. It was that, I mean, I, will, I would totally grant you that. Yeah, that final action sequence, there was just too much going on. And 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 just uh, and then they had that idea. Let's put everything in like electro night vision for ten minutes. And yeah. after a while, just kind of like, okay, I just all right. Can you have just another scene with some guys in a room talking? I like that. So because what happens is you're trying to sort out the good guys from the bad guys, and after a while, you just don't care. No, it's like, <laughs> just kill everyone. Just kill everyone. I, I'm tired of trying to figure out who the bad guys and the good guys are. That's our foreign policy, Tim. It's funny that you should say that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined today, as always, by the uh, lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? All right. Hey, somebody said, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt. Somebody said we should have weighed you on Thursday, Tim, and then weighed you today. Lost three pounds. When really? I had my hydrotherapy colon cleansing, I lost five pounds. Wow. You had a clean colon then, but I have the cleanest one in the room now. Oh, Jesus. Five pounds? No, three. Three? Okay, still three pounds, man. Three but, pounds. But you, you have to consider, I really don't eat a lot of crap anyway, so if I was a regular person, I'm sure it would be more. <laughs> like, like meat and fat. You were from Vancouver. Yeah. You were from Vancouver, you, would just, you wouldn't even be here today. You would have just, it all would have gone down the bowl. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Hello, Sarah, how are you? Hello. All right, how was your Good weekend? Satisfying? Well. weekend was fabulous. You yeah. went to the Barfly thing yesterday? Went to the Barfly um, anniversary party. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I went to barbecues and parties and all kinds of stuff. Excellent. I see the Muppets joining us again today. Muppet is here. They were showing my apartment. It's so annoying. So they keep showing my apartment, which means, like, I'm, like, staggering around this morning trying to, like, make sure that everything looks, like, semi-decent. Then I get to work because I like to ride my bike to work, but I can't when I have him. So I drove to work with um, with Muppet, and uh, then he calls me, the realtor guy, at, like, 10.05, and he's like, oh, uh, by the way, we're not going to be showing your place today. It's going to be tomorrow. Oh, so now you could have left Muppet at home today, but now you're obliged to bring him again tomorrow. No, and it's so inconvenient, and it's just getting progressively more frustrating. They keep showing it. And, and it's like, two days in a row you can't bike. No, not at all. And, no, and I'm just I'm th- thinking about just, I've been so nice to this guy, and I don't even know why I'm so nice to him, because all I'm doing is letting him show the apartment where they're going to up my la- you know, up my rent Seriously. and everything. Like, well, I don't know if, what I'm doing. If you're on the lease, they can't touch you. You're not on the lease, right? No, but uh, is it, so yeah. are, they, are they going to sell the building from under you? Is that the deal? They're trying to sell the building... I don't. It's just. It's but then they have to let you stay until the end of the lease. Like they can't buy out yeah. your lease or anything. But I mean, honestly, no. at this point, I'm just going to leave Muppet tomorrow. I'm, I don't care if it like hurts, if it hinders his we'll sale. Make sure you leave it, uh, a note. Yeah. I will. Door. No, I'll, I'll let him know. I'm going to leave a note on the door. Yeah, as long as he will, can't bring my dog. And as long as you alert them, like dog within or something, I think then yeah, you'll be you fine. Yeah, you leave it right on the door. And it'll be yeah. Fine. By the way, did you did you reveal this morning? I only missed. I only caught part of this. That you were trying to frantically clean your house today, and so you just shoved all your dirty dishes into your oven. You know they open that oven when they tour the they, apartment, they right? Open they look everywhere. No, so I don't. I don't so if you put like a pile of used underwear inside your dishwasher, they see that. I mean, that's that's the first thing they go. Seriously, all yeah. The places that they go. show every, even like my closet. Would you buy a place without knowing if the oven worked? No. So of course they open the oven and they're just going to see piles of dirty dishes in there, caked with macaroni and cheese. Oh, well, and they'll yeah. say to themselves, you know, a really classy girl lives here. I've I've been getting so spiteful about them showing my property. I just I'm leaving more and more crap out. Like I left <laughs> last time because I don't have a closet, so but I have. But you know what that you know what that'll mean? It's going to take longer to sell it. Therefore, they resign the contract with the realtor to keep on showing it till it is sold. Yeah. Uh, so you're cutting your own throat by doing that. Yes, yeah, well, the voice of nice and neat. the voice of property ownership. Make mm-hmm. it nice and neat, and therefore it'll sell faster. No, but I've had it nice and neat, and it's just like I'm, I'm tired of like scampering around for this guy life. who's obviously like 
not doing his job properly if he showed the property, you know, like 47 times. Well, you know, a lot of these things are staying on the market for two or three years. It's true. Mm -hmm. You know what I make you feel better, Sarah? Some bacon salt. Oh, I have four of them. Okay, we have to put some bacon salt stuff today. Because the bacon salt guys, we're going to talk to him today at 2 o'clock. So we're going to put bacon That's salt on something today. over here. You know, it contains some really weird things like silicon. Some hickory silicon. natural. Silicon. I'm looking at the ingredient label. Doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'll eat it anyway. Who am I fooling? But, I mean, come on. That's going to be made in China. Oh, there's, is there any lead in any oh, of those? different kinds. There's hickory. Hickory, there's natural, natural, original, and peppered. Peppered. All right. I am all over that. Fantastic. Well, I am... Um, well, I did not. Uh, I didn't have any reason to clean this weekend. I just did. Because, well, it all started. You cleaned. I thought you hired somebody to clean. Well, no, that was uh, no. We we did that at one point, uh, but we've we've sort of moved on from that. Uh, but um, we were uh, there was a time when we were we were having some folks come by like once a month, get like a service we hired to come by once a month, and I think we stopped it because we were going to be on vacation, we we're going to be gone or something, and then we just. And then we just sort of didn't pick it up again. So so now we're just back into our thing of letting the house go for like six weeks and then, you know, cleaning it all weekend, you know. Um, but we had these, they weren't fruit flies. They were like some weird sort of little black fly that was in our kitchen. And I couldn't figure out where they were coming from because there were no dirty dishes. There was no standing water. You know, you and I both had that thing of standing water where you get the fruit flies. Like if you mm -hmm. let dishes sit for more than a day or two and it's warm. So they weren't fruit flies. They weren't over the sink. They were by one of our cupboards, like our pantry. And I couldn't, there was no food sitting out, there was nothing. I couldn't figure out where they were coming from. They just bugging, the, and I, and I, and they were the dumbest flies because they would be on the ceiling or there'd be a bunch of them on the wall. And I would go over with a fly swatter. This is how dumb they were. I would go over with a fly swatter and there'd be like about six of them on the wall and you'd smack one of them and kill it and the rest would just sit there. Like they wouldn't even, what kind of idiot fly just sit there and let you, let you smash it? I mean, they would, you know, I'd have a broom and they're just letting themselves be broomed to death. They're flies from Southeast. They I was just going to say they were just so zen with their own demise. I, they wouldn't even fly away. It was, so, it was kind of weird, actually. They were waiting for the end. They were like some kamikaze fly. So, anyway, so I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I opened the cupboard at one point to get like... I don't know, some Triscuits or something. And a whole bunch of them came out of the cupboard. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, they were in the cupboard? Well, that's, I'm like, oh, Jesus, now they're in the cupboard. So it, finally I told my wife, I'm like, you know what, we got to get rid of these flies. we got to clean up this cupboard. So we opened the cupboard. It was like, and it's like a seven-shelf pantry filled, of course, with like hundreds of pounds of canned goods. They're like, ugh, piling everything. And what had happened is there was a, um, a container of flour in the cupboard that had somehow been punctured. And it had like, like sprayed out a bunch of flour. Like there was a big pile of flour and some sugar that had somehow been spilled in the back of the cupboard. And that's what they had been drawn to the whole time. Okay. So of course, but of course there's that horrible moment when I'm like clearing out all of the canned goods. And then I pull the final canned good away and there's this big, there's this big pile of flour in the back. And then something, like all the flies come out of it. And I'm all like, Aah! you know, it's just awful. So anyway, so we cleaned out the cupboard. And then by that point I was just so like... I was in the cleaning mode, and you know what? A thing that I find strangely satisfying is just throwing stuff away. Uh, there's nothing more satisfying to me than just throwing things away and getting rid of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I do. I just love a good purging every now and again. So, um, uh, so we went through the we went through the, the seven shelf pantry in the kitchen. Then we went through. Jesus, like three other pantries on the other side of the kitchen. Kitchen. Then we went through this closet that was all just clothing and dog stuff. Then we did underneath the sink. Then we did underneath, uh, you know, there's like another thing that's sort of by our bathtub. We did that. So that was my weekend. We just, uh, and then here's the great thing, and then we have to break here in a second. Here's the great thing about cleaning. A, we threw away, I mean, you know how big our trash cans are. I mean, we've got those big plasticky trash cans up front. We filled 
uh, I think almost two of those with stuff that we threw away. And then we took a bunch of goodwill. Um, there was like some old, you know, like food, obviously, that had either gone bad or like a box of food that had been left open or something. There was stuff that we sent a lot of stuff to goodwill. And then there was a lot of stuff that like goodwill clearly wasn't going to take. It was just sort of like crap, just like stuff that sort of piles up that like you can't really give away, but you're not going to keep. Mm. Uh, and then it just went into the trash. Uh, so, I mean, we just, we just, just the, the amount of stuff that you accumulate, you don't even realize it's there. So we did that. Um, but I found these two great things while I was cleaning. This is why we had to uh, clean, because you never know when you're going to locate things like this. I found, let's see, uh, do you want the food item or the novelty item first? Food. Okay, here's the food item I found. I found this sitting on top of the refrigerator. I don't know why I own this. Oh, do you have it with you? Hot spicy squid shreds. <laughs> That was part of a bit a long time ago. I don't even was it? Yeah. I don't even remember where why I, think I went like on this. A couple these. years ago, right? Tim? Ingredients: squid. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, I'm sorry, squid and monosodium glutamate, of course. So there you go. You brought that in from somewhere. So we should have Richie try these, maybe with some bacon salt later, right? Are they expired? Because that was from a couple of years ago. I don't think they expire. They're sealed, and it says best quality on it, and they're sealed. I and he's Asian. Okay. He's Asian. These are Asian. It's a perfect match. All right. So there you go. But she does Hungarian. They're a squid eating people. They are. Uh, so uh, here's, by the way, and here's the novelty item. I'm going to hold this up now. This is what I found. Uh, I found this in the closet with all of Max's uh, crap, all of my dog stuff. I found, yes, the clapper, ladies and gentlemen. No. Yes. Now, is that the newest version or an old one? Uh, it has the design, but you got to plug that in. Uh, oh, that's right. This is not the battery-operated one. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can plug it in. Let's we'll see, we'll see if it works. Hold on. So if somebody hit it with a wheelchair, it would be a lot harder to unplug it. So what is that going to do? Uh, I don't have anywhere to plug it here. What, what would it... Would There's knock, one over here. Would it knock off the lights in the computer? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, well, we'll try. We'll try during the next segment. But yeah, I found like you're trying to plug it into. <laughs> I found. I found the clapper. I don't even know why we owned this or what it was once plugged to. I don't know what we used this for. But so it's you know I didn't seem right to give it away. Seems like it seemed like it belonged here. So squid shreds and the clapper. Just two of the things we found while cleaning Rick Emerson's apartment. All right. Uh, all right, we should take a break here. We come back. Bob Costantini around the corner. Worst songs you ever heard. Chris Paddock will join us around 1145. Tim Riley's new news hour and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You know, the thing is, these squid shreds are a low-calorie food. This entire package. Did you look for an expiration date? No. This entire package is only um. It's one, two. It's only 160 calories. Like his parents claiming that that was from when we were on 1080. Yeah, that was. That's not true. Maybe it might be true. That means they're like six years old. That's okay. They are preserved though. I mean, how much? I mean, really, what? There's no mold or anything. No. (laughs) No, I don't. It's in a closed bag. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano. Hello, sir. How are you on this Monday? I'm doing great. Hello from Washington, Rick. Uh, do you know anything about shredded squid that's uh, dried and put in the bag, sir? Shredded squid? I've got it. I've got it. You're, you're really, your tone of voice says it all. Um, I was cleaning my house this weekend. Uh, I was telling the story. I was cleaning my house because I finally just snapped. Do you ever do one of those where you just, you're just like, I have had it with this house. And yes. you just spend like five hours so. 
my wife and I were just, we filled just endless garbage bags with stuff that just had either go, was either going to go to Goodwill, go to charity or whatever, and then stuff that just that there was no need for and that nobody would ever take, and so yeah, we just yeah. threw it away. So one of the things I found was this bag of squid shreds. <laughs> and it has some sort of, you know, has Asian characters on the front, but I can't really tell what language oh it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it really, all it says on the front, it says, Squid Shred, best quality, hot, hot. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd steer clear of it. And then there's a picture of a sailboat. <laughs> you know, the, ex the extent of my knowledge of squid, you know, with my last name being Giuliano, yes. is Calamari. Yeah, this is not that. <laughs> not Calamari. I mean, really, if you if, if it were not for the label that correctly identified this as being squid, I mean, you really, you would think it was some sort of a, you'd think they were small pieces of wood that had just been uh, chopped up and stuck into a bag and marketed to gullible Westerners. Well, where did you get it? I don't know the answer to that either, actually. <laughs> it, it just, it's sort of... You know what it is? It's it's sort of like an alpha and omega uh, mega thing. The, it, it was always there, and it, it, I don't. It, there was never a time when it wasn't there. I think I. And here's the other creepy thing about it. I didn't even find it in a cupboard. Do you know where I found these squid shreds? And that's a phrase you don't use very often. In the basement. Uh, no, no, close though. I found them sitting. Not in the fridge, but actually on top of the refrigerator, <laughs> shoved all the way to the back against the wall. Where it could stay nice and warm next yeah. to the motor. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that either. Well, I'll make somebody else eat these. All right, fantastic. Um, okay, here's a name I haven't heard in a long time. John Hinckley. John Hinckley, yeah. That is just a, that's a, this is a name, name from way back when. So I... If if you I was quizzing Tim Riley, our news director, about this, and I said if you had to guess where John Hinckley is, would you say A prison, B halfway house, C paroled under some sort of strict supervision? But I, it was actually none of those, right? He's in some sort of psychiatric hospital. Yeah, yeah. You have to go all the way back to 1981 to remember that John Hinckley was found not guilty by reason of insanity for shooting President Reagan and three others, and uh, so this failed assassin wound up here in Washington at St. Elizabeth's, which is a, a long-standing psychiatric hospital here in Washington. But in recent years, uh, he's been getting more and more time away from the facility, unsupervised time. He goes to visit, uh, uh, well, he started visiting his parents, I guess, in 2003. Uh, they live in Williamsburg, Virginia. His father passed away in February. He was given time to go to the funeral. And now he's seeking, and the hospital is asking uh, the court for extended uh, time away from the facility, overnight visits to his mother's. The government is opposing this. I don't think it's a good idea. I can't imagine. I, I, I mean, it just, I mean, leaving aside issues of whether or not he's he's sane or better or reformed or whatever, I, I cannot imagine what judge, what court or whatever is going to put themselves on the line by releasing a guy who tried to kill the president. I just can't even fathom that anybody would take the political risk of doing that. You know, that, you know it's a great point. Uh, because the, the government continues to argue that this this man does pose a potential public safety threat, and uh, we understand that uh, the Secret Service shadows him uh, when he is out of the facility. Yeah. So uh, these are unsupervised visits. Uh, he does not have a hospital nurse with him or anybody to hold his hand. He's also seeking the right to get a driver's license and to do some volunteer work in his mother's community. And he does all of this while somewhere nearby uh, there's some guy in a suit and a shiny pair of shoes uh, keeping an eye on him. Whispering into his uh, into his shirt sleeve. Right, talking into his shirt sleeve. Uh, but uh, these are largely unsupervised visits. And 
we're going to have to wait and see. The court is still deciding on whether he should get this right. The government submitted a document to the court that says don't do this. He continues to have core problems uh, that, that set him off to begin with, such as a weird relationships with women. And by the way, by the way, Rick, he's supposed to keep a log of all his interactions with women uh, at the hospital, uh-huh. which he does. And according to the government records, he has four. He's, he's having, let me get this right now, he's having sexual affairs with three different women right now. Uh, what, at the hospital? Apparently. What kind of hospital is this? They're having a ball there, I guess. I don't know. I mean, now, he was the guy, correct me if I'm wrong, This is Hinckley was the guy that shot Reagan because he wanted to impress Jodie Foster. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, he, uh, he had something for the actress Jodie Foster. He stalked her at Yale University and, uh, and then, yes, uh, shot uh, President Reagan and three others in what he conceded was a bid to impress her. Now, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Was, was he uh, was Hinckley the first was Hinckley the first guy in the sort of modern era? Was he the first high profile not guilty by reason of insanity case? I think remember, so. It yeah. shocked a lot of people when that happened. It was unbelievable. I mean, I I can remember it to this day uh, when it happened. Uh, no one was really expecting it. But you know, we've always had in our uh, judicial system uh, this sort of escape valve of not guilty by reason of insanity. I don't think on a high-profile case we had ever seen it applied before, but here a Washington jury uh, concluded that this uh, was the case, that this man was nuts and did not belong in a prison but belonged in a mental health facility, and this is where he's been since 1981. It is a strange world in which we live, Dick Uliano. It is, sir, especially when people have shredded squid on top of their refrigerator. Way to go for the comedic callback. Look at you. All right. Well, the next time we speak, I'll let you know how this all worked out, sir. Thanks, Ray. All right. Enjoy your day, my friend. See you. There you go. Dick Uliano. Guy's a pro. All right. Fantastic. He certainly is. Uh, Are you going to make Richie eat that? Uh, well, this email says, Rick, I think Aaron is right. That shredded squid is from the 1080 days. I think you were trying to get Kyle to eat them. It was a kooky bit. Kyle let's, doesn't know what this is at 1080. Well, he says, let's get wacky stunt boy to eat crazy foreign food. Wah, wah, wah. Was Kyle from 1080? No. So that's uh, this is, must have been from later. Or or we bought them then but didn't have anybody. Well, it must we, have been from 910. Yeah, we no longer traffic and that sort of. Richie, will you come in here, please? What? I don't know. I don't know if those people that are tromping. All right. There he is. Oh, wait. Hold, you know, I need to load Richie's new theme into the... Uh, hold Uh-oh, on one second one? here. No, I've got... Well, we've got a new... Um, we took away the one where you're groaning because it was unnerving, it's, Sarah. It's really bad. Sarah found it to be very off-putting. And it never got any easier. Hold on. Let me let me save this really quickly. Save Rack Network. There we go. And... Hello, Richie Bristol. Oh, this song... Alright, how are you today, sir? Do you know why we play this song for you? I don't know, it kinda of reminds me of I don't know. He doesn't know where the of a thing. How long has that mustache been growing? <laughs> Two weeks. It's not doing too well. No, that's it's getting longer. Are you trying good. to grow facial hair anywhere else? Like you're trying to grow a beard? No. Just the mustache. No, but I need a wax downstairs. <laughs> see see how I didn't ask you about that and yet you said that anyway? See I, how you volunteered that information despite the fact that at no point did I query you about it? Because uh, I can't. I figured out I can't shave down there because I get dingle balls. What? Like this. See this? I don't even know what that is. See that right there? My mom gets them. Oh, like little skin tags? Yeah. All right. Anyway, there's some downstairs, and if I shave, I might <laughs> cut one and I'll bleed all over the place. Wow. So I need a wax. But who does? Sarah, who waxes those down there? 
I don't know. Sarah, you just take this. I'm going to sit over here and retch for a second. <laughs> Who waxes? That, Are you really? Don't they wax? Doesn't somebody wax down there? I mean, um, do you have to do yourself? <laughs> You're just looking there like, I don't know this answer. Do women wax themselves or do they go somewhere? Well, you can do it yourself or you can have somebody else do it. They will? Yeah. Like, I'll go into a nail place and the girl will wax me? Actually, I don't know if they wax guys. That's what I'm saying. I doubt it. I'm back. Oh, what, did you, what did you guys talk about in my absence? <laughs> I guess we should, we should ask somebody. We should ask yeah, anybody else well, they know if men can get waxed. Well, I'm sure that they can with all the wow. sexual men. Well, that was just, I don't even i don't even know what we're doing now. You cannot leave me like that. That is just me. I didn't want to, uh, my brain just kind of shut off for a second. <laughs> it's sort of like being hit with a stun gun. My brain just kind of went into a lapsy mode. Uh, hey, so have you ever eaten these squid shreds? I think so. Would you eat these squid shreds? Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. All right. Should we, should we do it now or should we wait? Let's do it now. All right. Oh, it's squid. I thought it was... What did you think it was? They have other stuff that looks like that. Uh, it says squid shreds, hot. All right, hold on. Let me uh, open this. Spicy dried squid. You up for it? All right, I'm looking for something to eat with this bacon salt. But... Well, we'll try it with bacon salt and without. Hold on, let me... Where'd you get that? Uh, from the top of my refrigerator. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think it expires. It's like dried... What's it smell like? Uh, it just smells like... doesn't really smell like anything. It just smells like spice. All right. Uh, you try some of those. All right. Let's come on back. All right. They're kind of stuck like All right. those monkeys. There you go. Looks like squid jerky. Not bad. Not bad? Not All right. Bad. Hold on. Let's add a little bacon salt to that. Then we'll take these phone calls. Then we'll talk to Chris Paddock oh. about this worst song oh. ever. What, a little brackish aftertaste? Yeah, there's kind of an aftertaste. All right, hold on. Let's add some bacon salt. All right. This is original bacon salt. We're going to got to get it wet and then... Wow, this bacon salt smells just like bacon. I probably should go with that saying. I wouldn't know. All right. That smells nothing. All right, so this is... Mmm, that makes it better. Well, everything is better <laughs> with the great taste of bacon, Richie. All right. Mm. Yeah. All right, you can have these. Mmm, right. There you go. That's a gift from me. To I'm going to put... Bacon salt over there. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to take the bacon salt with you? Okay. Or do you already have some back there? I haven't opened one yet. All right. There you go. Hey, you can take that one with you. All right. We'll find out about the waxing later on. Okay. Yeah, All right. And maybe we can have somebody call in Jesus. and wax you. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, if he has that going on down there, I mean, wouldn't you think that waxing would be more dangerous, like a swift ripping motion? You know, I, you know, I don't really know. I uh, These are all things to which I can't speak. Uh Wow, what the hell was that? It's like I pressed the phone and something just deafened me. Is that going to happen every time I press the phone button today? Uh, Chris Paddock uh, will be joining us here in just a few. Okay. Is he lurking out there? All right. Let's... Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? What's cracking, man? Hello. Oh, hello, hi, the low in Vegas. Hello, sir. Uh, quick question for you, and I'll be brief. Um, my girlfriend just flew back from, from uh, the Northwest last night, Uh huh. and... I guess she was flying from some smaller airport uh, near where you came from, and she said she was. They were driving around Kennewick for an hour looking for a red robin. Wait, I'm I'm so confused. So she was. Where was she originally? She was in Kennewick. She was somewhere in eastern Oregon. Okay. Uh, that's where her grandmother lives. Right. And so I guess wherever she was flying from. She probably flew out of Pasco, which is right near Kennewick. That sounds right. Yeah, that's near Kennewick. Okay, that sounds right. So being in eastern Oregon, she drew she drove up there, and and from everything you told me, Kennewick sounds a lot like Saginaw, Michigan, yeah, which is really small and kind of a it's the suck crappy town. Yeah. Um. 
Is there an hour worth of Kennewick to drive around? No, I was just going to say, I mean, and you know what? I mean, if she wants to look for, if she wants to spend an hour of her life that she'll never get back looking for a red robin, I suppose that's between her and God. But I, really, you can see that entire town in about nine minutes. I mean, I can't even fathom. I I thought so. Well, her her one excuse is her sister was driving, which makes perfect sense. Ah. But I still couldn't think that there was an hour's worth of Kennewick to get lost in. I will say this, by the way, and it's funny you bring this up because I haven't been back to Kennewick in a long time, but I'm going back this coming weekend I have to go to Kennewick. Uh, So if you don't have like a GPS or a navigational system or something, it could be understood because everything in Kennewick looks like everything else in Kennewick. I mean, let it be one big flat-ass barren wasteland of scrub and uh, uh, and sand looks pretty much like another one. So, I mean, really, without any sort of demonstrable landmark, it is easy to lose one's bearings in that town. Okay, well, then, th- I guess that makes it excusable, yeah. and then I don't have to... to give my girlfriend that look as to no. what is wrong with her. No, 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 no. You can you can spare her the, the woman driver jokes this, just this <laughs> once, I suppose. All okay, right. cool, man. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. There you go. That's the low in Vegas. All right, we'll take another crack at these phones here in a second. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from Rock 101 KUFO Program Director Christopher Paddock. Hello, sir. Hello there. All right. Thank you. Looking, you. you look very... Are you here well, to tell me, Are you here to tell me about another testament of Jesus Christ? <laughs> yes, I am actually. <laughs> have you? Uh, have you looked at this uh, issue of the Watchtower? Wow, <laughs> that's Jehovah Witness. Sorry, I mixing metaphors. It has been too long. Since All right, so I have to. So we have to have you in for this because you yeah. sent me this email. Oh, this yeah. tie. We do this segment here called "It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard." Oh, I love it. And you already know what song we're going to play. Oh yes. But you have to give us the background on this. So Danny Bonaducci, late of the Adam Carolla Show. Yes. Now of broadcasting Bonaducci. In L.A. on two, two, yeah. to, two to three One PM. hour. One hour of killer radio. One golden hour a day on yeah. KLSX in Los Angeles. Um, it's like the Nat King Cole show. So he did Breaking Bonaducci, which by all accounts was a pretty good show. I didn't watch it. My wife what did. A very uh, riveting it. television. It's only riveting, yeah. though, when he's, you know, messed up. And, and so, but he was, part of that was he was married to Gretchen Bonaducci. And she just seems bonkers. It was a, an examination of codependency. And so what is her story? Is she famous for anything except being the girl that married him after like a day? Yes, that's I mean yeah, that's it. That's all she's famous for is that oh. she was, you know, went on one date and then they got married and then she got fake boobs. And the, what the, what was her I mean what was her profession before that? What I'm did not she quite do when they sure. Met? I think she was from uh the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and I think that was what she was famous for. I think she was written up actually. She's from Wisconsin and she was written up in a local paper for being married to Danny Bonaducci. That's what she's famous for. And wow. so she is now attempting to become famous in her own right. Yes, they she had two children with Danny and now she's on her own. Uh and so this is when so you sent me a YouTube trailer right for her upcoming reality show. Well, but here's here's the deal. She is trying to win a contest with Fox Reality, and that is that she is attempting, now that she is no longer married to Danny, attempting to launch her own show in a contest with Fox Reality. So she sent out this uh, link that's on YouTube to all of the people and colleagues that she has met through the years to support her. I guess the number of views she gets means that possibly she'll you know, win this contest. Wait, let me understand. So she doesn't even have a reality show. It's a contest to get a reality this show. This is a demo. It's a demo oh, in an man. attempt to get a reality show. And it's disturbing. Uh, so what's, I'm, it, what's it about? I'll put this link up. Uh, I'll, I think it's just about her being like a fame whore. <laughs> I think that's really yeah. what it is. Well, the headline, is, they, they, it's titled Branding Bonaducci. Obviously, originality, not not very important in I'll this put, contest. I'll put the link up uh, on my blog later today, but Ooh. you can find this at YouTube if you just go to if you just type in Branding Bonaducci. Bonaducci is B-O-N-A. D-U-C-E, B-O-N-A-D-U-C-E, Branding 
Bonaducci. By the way, it's got a, a massive 1,200 views, like nine of which are me, by the way. <laughs> nine of which are me and you watching yeah, it here. Yeah, so, it is amazing. So this, I'll just play a little bit of the trailer uh, for branding Bonaducci. And keep in mind, so this, see, I didn't even know this. So it's not even a real reality show yet. It's her it's like she's sending out an air check trying to get hired to do a reality right, like show. Like the people on Survivor do. You know, they send out those demo It's an reels. audition reel. Yeah, an audition reel. I should also note that she spends a lot of this uh, She spends a lot of this trailer wearing like weird, glittery, like quasi-onk makeup <laughs> on her face. She looks like a, 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 an extra in Logan's Run. Totally. Or yeah. like, a, like a really low-rent mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent. Zar does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a little bit of um, the trailer for Branding Bonaducci. See if I can uh, get some audio. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess it would help if I turned on my audio. All right. Okay. Who is that? I have no idea. He's it a drag like queen. Sir Mix a lot. I do not want to hear. Who is that person? Because of all the things that I'm doing right now with the clothing and the perfume and the jewelry, um, you really have to have a known presence. Um, people really have to be able to recognize you and your name. So this is my new journey. It's all about branding Bonaduce. And I have to say, by the way, she looks like Catherine O'Hara <laughs> playing Peg Bundy. It, it is like, yeah, it's a fright wig of red hair and just all these weird epaulets on her face. I mean, and she she yeah. looks like a clown. Yeah, and there's gratuitous shots, by the way, too, if you get to see this, of, of her breasts. Yeah, and, and she's wearing like a bad leopard print bra top thing. Yeah, it's ta- like Frederick's of Hollywood. Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you were to take Catherine O'Hara <laughs> from like Waiting for Guffman, make her younger and thinner and then give her Peg Bundy's hair and wardrobe. I'm going for your consideration. Rock and roll soccer. Oh, no, yeah. we'll get to that. Her mortified children. This is all for art. She's blindfolded in this one thing, like in an SM, SM thing. One is the mud she has two bands. Too much talent for one. And then I also have Anka Tsunaman, which is all 80s. Anka Tsunaman! So my jewelry line is called Backstage Pass. Oh my god, she's so sad jumping him down with a tambourine. Yes. And one side says, I'm a guitar player. The other I'm a classy girl. The drummer. You know groupies. They go from one guy to the next. Oh yeah, we know groupies. But I know that. But I've heard that. We're my there's a lot of apparently she has some clothing line and there's sort of the obligatory um like quasi S and M shots of her like tying another girl to a chair you know because she's edgy. Called, uh, Countess Couture and Bonaduce merchandise. What I'm trying to do is build this empire. I'm hoping that I can find someone that wants to uh, brand me like Target or Kmart. So essentially, Perfect. what I want to do is inspire <laughs> all women of all ages and say you can do whatever you want and I am. You marry somebody famous. You can right. do whatever you want if you're wearing glitter on your eyebrows. And if you marry somebody famous and then keep his name even when you're divorced. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jacob Dillick. Oh, <clears throat> uh, so, so, uh, so, by the way, can we all agree now that we would watch a show called Branding Montaducci if it was literally her being held down while somebody branded her? <laughs> I'd pay for yeah, that. I'd give her 10 grand for that right now. For it. Here's 10 grand if you let me just tattoo like a big smiley <laughs> face, like right on one of your buttocks. Uh, all right. So that is the that is the background. Right. To this, let me uh, let me oh. get this queued up it, here. It's a tremendous song that I led uh, Rick to on 
the MySpace page. It really is. Gretchen Bonaduce. It's 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 quite wonderful. Let's see. Um, so this and so I have you to, to thank for this, by the way. You're welcome. Um, Chris Paddock is no, has knowledge of everything good. Music. Chris Paddock is, oh, is yeah. he, you are the place from which all I, good things come. I love crap. So we'll play a little bit of this into the break, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The next sound you'll uh, hear will be that of uh, Gretchen Bonaduce. This is rock and roll soccer mom. Mm. Soccer team. Can we just? I have to interrupt for a second. I try oh never to do this. Oh my God! Who Chucky e. Cheeses sneezes with Chucky e. Cheeses? I mean, and by the way, and does it not does it not sum up the whole thing that she has? That life may change, but the dream is never gone. No. Oh yeah. Uh huh. No. Oh, just as alive as ever. The thing is not singing in the background. That, that's, that's her. So no, no, she's doing all of her own singing. No, it's she's a demo. got that's yeah. a, that the dog almost ate. That, <laughs> that much talent, Sarah. Oh, uh, the um, and I've never really heard of Gretchen Bonaduce except that I sort of knew she was you know this woman who sure. married Danny Bonaduce. Like that was sort of the and I didn't watch Breaking Bonaduce. That was the extent of my knowledge. So I went from really knowing nothing about her. Just flat out loathing her right. in the space that it took me in the time it took to get to, it takes to get to the first chorus. Immediately she went into the category of hate in my head. Did we'll just, you you have the uh, the posts that were uh, posted up there on YouTube the the comments? The only comment what was the one I sent to you? Oh, let's see if I let's see if I have this here. That you can uh, read back. There was a really really great it, comment posted it, on the site for the YouTube. It sums video. up the intelligentsia. Let's see here. Um, let's fucking down there. Uh, no, you don't want to play I, that video again. Mutes. I don't want to have to it, hear her and, talking you know, again. I, I worked with Danny and I got to know Gretchen a little bit, but man, she is. I was working with Danny. Am I making fun of somebody that's a friend of yours? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm just embarrassed. Um, here's let's see, Robert the Jeez. Somebody said two days ago. This is his. This is his comment on her YouTube video. Those lips, those bosoms, those kids, you are it, all caps. Oh, and it's good that, she, wow. that he put the bosoms and the lips before the kids, because yes. that's important. All right, mm -hmm. uh, all right if you're on hold, uh, hang tight. I, I, I feel bad for people waiting here. Uh, we'll get to your calls as soon as we return. More from Tim on the Chris Paddock. From My Carol pleasure. Thank you. We'll Thank play you. this into the break, Sarah. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Play it, Rick. Two football and ballet. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. 503-733-2970. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll uh, get to your calls here in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, 
This is Tim Riley. Big accident. A semi rolling over with injuries at Northeast 47. Now, this is off of uh, Northeast Marine Drive. So, Marine Drive is now close between Northeast 33rd and Northeast 122nd due to a semi rollover. Chaos. I suppose so. Did we ever find out what caused all that money to be blowing around? There was never any follow-up on that, and I didn't see it covered in any of the evening news uh, shows. Well, I was indisposed. I let that to Timmy Ryan. I guess he dropped the ball on that. <laughs> yes, he did. We'll forgive him. He did indeed. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon, Sarah, Hello. Rick, and Tim. Hi. Uh, the Lowe's girlfriend may not have found the Red Robin because I believe it's located in Richland. I was in Kennewick over this past week, and uh, and the uh, the Red Robin is on a – I think it's called Columbia Parkway or something. And you're right, like nine minutes will cover the whole town. Um, but an observation about uh, Kennewick Radio. Yes, sir. The, the FM dial, like... Uh, just, it's a wasteland. Well, actually, it was just flooded with these obnoxiously loud uh, radio... Like, in between megahertz, like 99 and 100, you'd get four of, like, these identical-sounding, just brashly huge-sounding, overly compressed uh, radio stations on the AM dial. Two stations, Rush Limbaugh and, like, Tradio. <laughs> and then... <laughs> But, uh, just Welcome to markets 325, sir. Exactly. Yeah. Just in case you guys are wondering, AM 970 comes fading in right about Rooster Rock, so I thought if you guys wanted to mimic those OPB spots where they name-check all the smaller towns like OPB, broadcasting to Carver and Lyle, you guys could be like AM 970, broadcasting to Rooster Rock and Berlin Game, you know, something like that. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. This is Tom. Hello, hi. Hi, how are you? What's up? Uh yeah, I just wanted to call and talk to you about Tim, what he went through last Thursday and Friday. Yes, sir. Yeah, I went through the same thing. I At pretty much the same time, I started Thursday at about 1 o'clock, and I went in and had the same thing done, but they didn't put me out completely because um, I'm uh, my blood sugar or my blood uh, oxygen level was really low. So you had to remain partially conscious during your colonoscopy? Yeah. I bet that was oh, a lot of fun. Did oh, you okay. Now, could you feel it, or were you, was it just sort of like that you were aware it was happening? I could feel it, and I could see it because the monitor was right in front of me, so I could see him going in there and going up in through the... Was it odd to watch a monitor that sort of is showing <laughs> the inside of your business? Yeah, it was crazy. And they had, I had a couple of polyps, so they had to cut them off. So yeah. They're, so they're going in and out and in, and I could yes, feel sir. it, you know. I could, uh, yeah, okay. I could feel it hitting my prostate and everything. Wow. Else. Wow. All right. And plus, they went through my... First, they went through uh, and did my throat, and... I didn't realize I wasn't going to be completely out. They didn't tell me. With a different camera, I hope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, well, they did, so, that. They did that one first. How long does the whole procedure take? I, I don't know. I, like I say, I was in a haze. When they first did it, <laughs> they did my throat, and they stuffed that thing down my throat, and they're telling me to, to breathe through my nose. But I couldn't because I got a deviated septum, so one of my nostrils was blocked off, and I could hardly breathe at all. That well, was pretty much, pretty much your best day ever. Okay. <laughs> uh, so as of now, you are uh, let's uh, hopefully cancer free as of today. Yeah, yeah. They're they're just checking those polyps to see if yeah. they think the polyps are okay. But yeah, yeah. but you're all done. You can eat whatever you want. Now. That's true, sir. I would recommend going and having a baconator. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, okay. Bye bye. Thank you. There you go. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, you know, I, I went to uh, Whole Foods to buy uh, some sunscreen, and I noticed also in the health food aisle. You can uh, clean your own colon. They have the kit there, the same one that I had. 
but probably not at the prescription level. Is it just like a mirror and a brush? Like a wire, a wire brush and a mirror on the end of a broomstick? It's the same size <laughs> box, and it costs like uh, $24. Well, they have economy and best. I would pick best. I, I would not tr- try to clean your colon <laughs> with, with the economy something box. It was only $24. Something from the dollar store. <laughs> Where'd you get this food for last bottom shelf? <laughs> but they did have it at Whole Foods. But, I mean, when you say the same thing you did, do you mean like a, a, a laxative? Yeah. Well, you had the laxity pills, and I, I would imagine this is the the, the mix with the tasty drink. Uh, <laughs> don't you feel like we, don't you feel like if we really wanted to earn our radio show stripes, we have to give that to somebody here? Let's do one more, and then we'll go, then we'll uh, get into the news proper. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, uh, I used to collect a bunch of stuff called KTEL. Worst song in the world, Daddy, please don't. What? Okay, wait, hold on. Let's stop. Okay. I must uh, be looking. Ma'am, so you're saying you took the hundred out of savings? Right. It's right as often you're overdrawn for 50 days, they have to collect some of the money that you owe. Uh oh. So if you have any questions, you can contact your branch or you're opening your account. Um, that's why you have. I think they're taking her house away. Uh huh. Yes. We'll wait. Hello? Yes. Hi. Hello? Yes. Hi. You're on the radio. Hello. How's your day going? It was going. What's happening? I think it's illegal to talk on the phone and drive. <laughs> Wait, what? what's happening to you right now? Oh, my God. Okay, I think I'm getting away with it. What is happening right now? What was just going on? Right now, I'm turning a corner, and I don't think the officer saw me. Oh, I see. You're being pursued by an officer? He's undercover, I think. <laughs> okay, I lost him. Now, That's what you think. We heard, your house hold on. Now, we heard something about your account being overdrawn. Oh, that's my husband, yeah. So, He's good for that. Where, I don't understand. Where are you? Are you in your car? Hold on. Yes. Okay. What was the conversation going on about an account? Was your husband also on the phone with somebody else? Yes. Okay. All right. And then you drove by a cop who saw you on a phone? Yes. All right. Now, you you, 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 you take a no, right turn? Hold on, I'm parking. All right. Oh, God, I'm downtown Vancouver. This doesn't look safe. Oh. <laughs> no place in Vancouver is safe. Oh, and so you were afraid because you're on a handheld phone, which is now illegal while driving in Vancouver. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, I don't see him anywhere. Oh, he's around. Now, did he see you driving on a handheld phone? He looked at me. He looked at you. Well, you know, that is it. Now, theoretically speaking, that's a, it's a secondary offense only, meaning he, technically speaking, can't pull you over just for being on it, although he would probably find a reason. Uh, well, I'm going to sit here until he comes up with lunch break. All right, so wh- where is the cop now? Did you lose him? I, I don't see him. I'm in downtown Vancouver across from something called the... Fritz Loan and Guard Building. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> reputable. <laughs> Down, there's a lot of traffic, uh, and I'm across from the bridge, the big bridge. Okay, then. Is that and the interstate bridge? People. I'm sorry? Lots and lots of old people. Yeah, well, that is, that is welcome to Vancouver. It's, All right. It's not a youthful city. No. Well, I can't the story doesn't seem near as important anymore, but I used to collect KTEL records. Yes. I swear, I loved those things, but there was the one song... I would literally pull off the needle off the record player and move it. What was the song? It was called Daddy, Please Don't. You're making that up. I swear to God, All right. I'm not. Seriously? Who sang it? Do you know? Do you know who sang it? 
I have no clue. This is like the K tells were like early seventies. Oh, I know. I have many K tell records. I, I love my K tell. Could you sing one, us a Could you sing us a few lines of Daddy, please don't? If you'll forgive me afterwards, I will attempt it. Go ahead. Okay, Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means I so that. much to me. That is um. Daddy, uh, please don't. We're gonna get married. Uh, who is wait that? And see. I want to say it's not Connie Francis, but it's um um. Oh, it was the spooks thing oh. ever. Hold on, Daddy. Please don't. No, I'm looking it up. Are right we, now. Are we sure it's the name of the song? I'm not positive, guys. I'm just saying it creeped me out. That's the only thing I ever remembered was Daddy, please don't. You know, the one I'm thinking of is that John Denver, plat Daddy, please don't get drunk on Christmas, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is like the worst song ever. That's terrific. We should play that one. We should play a whole bunch of Daddy, don't songs. <laughs> um, Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. Daddy, Let's please see. don't steal from me this Christmas. Let's no, see. I don't know. There's something tonight. else. We should know this. We should know this. It really is. That I know that that's the exact lyrics because it's um, you'll never Google "Daddy, please don't." <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess that is ill-advised. Please don't do that again, Daddy. Please don't hurt me again. Um, if you incorporate KTEL into the Google, is it? Uh, is it? Uh, is uh, let's see. Um, I'm getting results for that song "Run, Joey, Run" that's for some reason. Thinking. But I'm, that's a different song. That's "Run, a different song. Joey, Run." Dude, the cops are on your trail. Get up! Get up! Yeah. Um. Daddy, okay, I'm getting the lyrics here, but I can't... Oh, we should know this. Why am I getting all these results for Run, Joey, Run? Does that contain a line, Daddy, please don't, somehow? Well, I, I really, I honestly couldn't tell you. All right, well, we got to look it up. All right, uh, so what about the cop? Is he still there? Um, I'm looking, and I don't see any. All right, so... I think I see somebody doing a drug deal, so if I drive by them, maybe he'll be more occupied with the drug deal. They, than they'll me. sort of draw the fire. Okay. Yeah, all right. I'm going to head home. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. You too. Bye Thanks now. Wow. It's only Monday. Hilarious. By the best thing about today, by the way, so far, was your, your realization that you shouldn't Google the phrase, Daddy, please don't. It's really disturbing. <laughs> At least you didn't find Daddy's cold, cold sheets, which totally. we never did. We should find that, too. Remember, it's not wrong if you love each other. All right. Rick. Here's Tim Riley. The woman accused of being a dog napper appeared in Washington County Court this morning. Multi Greenberg Multi mm -hmm, is charged with felony theft. She was allegedly caught on tape bringing a missing Pomeranian into the vet's office. Clerk said she asked if the dog was microchipped. She allegedly took off with him before she found out, but she was spotted with a missing dog. As a matter of fact, the missing dog poster was in the office where she brought the dog. Police arrested Greenberg earlier this month after the story aired on television. Officers uh, found the one-and-a-half-year-old Pomeranian, Teddy, is now back home in his Southwest Portland home. The dog had been shaved but was unharmed. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Dog napping is just strange. It is. All right. By the way, everybody is emailing me saying it's Run, Joey, Run by David Geddes, which is not. I don't think it is. No, Run, Joey, Run is a completely different song. I have Run, Joey, Run upstairs on my MP3 player. I'll break it down. We'll play it later. All right. Uh, Run, Joey, Run is a song that ought to be sampled. Somebody ought to sample the chorus of Run, Joey, Run. That would be really cool. Um, and, and it's not called Run, Joey, Run. It's called Quick, Joey, Small, I think is the I name of the song. Hmm. Yeah, Quick, Joey, Small went over the wall. Nah, 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 no, because nah. I'm, I'm Googling Run, Joey, Run. It says, Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. Daddy, please Maybe don't. We're, we're going to get married. Just you wait. Are there, is it possible there's two songs called with the phrase Run, Joey, Run in them? Possibly. Ah, it's so very confusing. Yeah, run, Joey, run, Joey, run. Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. Well, if we're wrong, we won't admit it. 
But 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 I don't even know how that song would go then because the one she's talking about is that there, there could be different versions of it. Is that Daddy? Please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. Which doesn't sound at all like the song. Well, it's, I don't even know. All right. This is and we're really failing here. I mean, this is this is just well, like, it's Monday. This is epic fail because we we really ought to know all of these things. All right, let's do some news. A forty-year-old plainsman is dead after crashing into a honey bucket. Kevin Plumley was driving a 1985 Honda Accord on Pumpkin Ridge Road, but he lost control when the road curved left. The honey bucket was traveling eastbound, inspected driver's side of his car. The impact knocked him right out of the car. He was not using a seatbelt. But he's dead? Yeah, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and he's dead from crashing into a, a toilet. Huh? Well, that's why you want to wear a seatbelt. So that what is his name? His name is Kevin Plumley. Kevin Plumley. Here's, kids, here's the reason you want to wear a seatbelt, even if your friends say it's uncool. Is because that way you're not like Kevin Plumley, who died hitting a toilet, drove into a honey bucket, died hitting a thing filled with feces. You don't want that to be the last, uh, you'll forgive the phrase, mark you leave on planet Earth. Is that you are the guy who died hitting a toilet. And the officer writing down the report is snickering. Seriously. And, by the way, you smell like poo. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, it could have been a clean one. A car passenger lost a leg after he was thrown from a car. During a joy ride. It wasn't so joyful, was it, Tim? It became joyless. The passenger in the car, driven by Travis Reynolds, was driving in circles doing what's known as donuts. The victim was thrown from the car during one of the donuts and had his leg run over by that same vehicle. Paramedics took this uh, should should have been the Darwin watch, but it's too late. We're into it. Uh, he was taken to OHSU. Doctors amputated one of his legs, and they're trying to save the other one. Police arrested uh, the driver on several charges, including second-degree assault and trafficking under the influence. Witnesses said the victim stepped out of the car and the driver told him to get in. Uh, he let him halfway in the car, and then the kid flew out, and they don't know why. He ended up being run over by that car. Well, and if anyone has any information about this donut incident, please call Oregon City. <laughs> really? Does it, by the way, somebody points out that that woman who called her was evading the cops. It was so great because she's evading the cops as she's on the radio saying her exact location throughout the call. <laughs> 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 hey, by the way, I'm evading the man. You can currently find me across from the Finkelstein's pawn shop or whatever the hell. Okay. I hate to go back to this already, but so I have missed. Okay. So I screwed up the name of the group because what I was saying, David Geddes, is I think the other song, yeah. the one I was singing is the Kazanitz Cats Singing Orchestral Circus, who also did... Uh, they also did that bubblegum song. So Why here's, Run, Joey, Run? Well, let me play this one, and then you can play that one, because that one's probably right. So here's the chorus I was thinking of. Let's see if I... This is the right song here. Let me get to the chorus here. Do you remember the song, Tim? <laughs> this was a uh, this was a sort of bubblegum song that was sort of trying to be like a tough rock song. I think these are the same guys that did that that wrote um, Green Tambourine for the Lemon Pipers. All right, here's the chorus. It's about a guy running for the law. So that's what I was thinking of the run, Joey, Joey, run, run. Okay, then that's is... what you got me thinking about. All right, what is yours? Daddy, please don't this is it. Yeah. He means so much to me. Who is this? Daddy, please don't. We're going to get married. Just you wait and see. 
David Geddes. Every night, the same old dream. I hate to close my eyes. I can't erase the memory, the sound of Julie's cry. She called me up late that night. She said, Joe, you don't come over. My dad it sounds like Neil Diamond. Like sounds like what? W O L D. Totally. It really does. Plagiarism. This sounds a lot like W O L D. By the way, somebody's pointed out that this is supposed to be a girl, but it's actually a little boy singing. Which makes it extra creepy and weird, because it's like a 10-year-old boy. All right. Well, there we go. Mystery solved. Jesus. If only everything could be so simple. I suppose. All right. We still never found the Daddy's Cold Cold Sheets song. I actually just found it. All I can ever find is the hook. I can always find, I can find like a 30-second sample of it. No, I, can... I was just rereading the lyrics. She remembers her pajamas with Pooh Bear and padded feet. That night she lost her innocence between Daddy's Cold Cold Sheets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. A man stabbed a woman and stabbed himself and held police at bay yesterday morning. It all began at 6 a.m. yesterday in the 3900 block of Ibury Street, northeast in Salem. Police say by the time they arrived, the man had already stabbed the woman and himself and had taken her into a bedroom of the apartment where they both lived and barricaded the door. After trying repeatedly to talk the man into giving himself up, Marion County deputies bashed their way in and took the man into the custody. They took him and the injured woman to Salem Memorial Hospital for treatment. Meanwhile, detectives combed the apartment looking for clues and spoke with potential witnesses. Well, talk about curiosity killing a cat. It didn't this time. The cat got stuck in a mason jar. Eight lined the coof. No, curiosity didn't kill Ralph the cat, but it did get the feline stuck in a tense situation yesterday. Two men arrived at Vancouver Fire Station 85 yesterday with a cat whose head was kept in a mason jar. Firefighters said the man came home from a weekend camping trip to find the cat stuck in the jar. After some troubleshooting, firefighters decided to lube up that jar. Then they guided Ralph's head out. The cat wasn't hurt, but it remains a mystery how his head got second jar. The men now weren't sure how long the cat was stuck there, but everything's okay It's now. good to see that cats every now and again do something just as dumb as those things typically done by dogs. You know what I mean? Because dogs are always like, I've eaten a whole sweat sock, you know, or whatever. How did you spend your day? Well, I ate a bag of golf balls. So it's good to see cats doing something stupid every now and again. It's, uh, it's a little heartening. Let's go to Monroe, Washington, wherever that is. Let's. Uh, police found a trail of pillows and backpacks leading to two sleeping men who were arrested after a department store break-in. 25-year-old Kyle Burress and 27-year-old Alan Pierce have been charged with second-degree burglary. A uh, policewoman said a break-in was discovered at a Fred Meyer. The surveillance video shows two people going from one storage counter to another. The police followed a trail of cardboard and items from the containers to the two men. One was sleeping in a stolen hammock and the other in a pile of stolen pillows. Nah, nah. He apparently had been drinking and a lot of alcohol was involved. A trail of pillows. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, do you remember a, a television show? It was kind of a mid-Saturday morning show called Run, Joey, Run. It was about an escaped German shepherd. Yes. No, hey. I do not. Tim does? I do. Yeah, that was the theme song, and which makes it all the more weird and creepy. Wait, the, the Run, Joey, Run, the, co the hounds are on your trail? Yeah, that was that was actually Joey was the name of the German Shepherd who 
you know, was a, a super guard dog kind of thing and taken care of by the little boy and it escaped and the man was out to get Joey and... That's fascinating. But it makes absolutely, like, no sense considering the lyrical content of that song. That's, okay. Uh, okay, so there you go. And see, I would know more of these things. There's a great book called um, Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth from Feral House Publishing. And here's a, here's a little fun fact about the history of the Rick Emerson show. Uh, so there's this, again, this fantastic book. I forget. I think it's by written by several people, but it's called Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth. And it's sort of like the definitive encyclopedia of bubblegum music in America and including songs like that. And I was scheduled to have the authors of the Bubblegum Music Encyclopedia on my show. And, of course, the date of their interview was September 11th, 2001. So it never happened. And then it just, and then I think the interview just was never rescheduled. Hello? Hello? Hi. Who's this? Hi, who's this? Sorry. No, but who is this? Who is this? <laughs> no reason to be sorry. What, just, just, what just happened? What is going on today? What well, the name of the show, by the way, was Run Joe Run, and right. it was 1974. Anyway, so uh, German Shepherd. I had to reschedule that uh, those guys. It was a great book about bubblegum music. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, I'm trying to get Ron Dante on for you, Tim. Really? Yeah. Is Richie working on that, or is that something you were doing? Uh, well, I could put Richie on, I suppose. He's much better at booking guests than I am. So, um, but yeah, we're going to try to get Ron Dante. All right. Here's Tim Riley. And there, another uh, story about a dog on the run was a little as hobo. But that was on before that. I don't remember that either. There's that... another German Shepherd. They're always German Shepherds. Is that like the amazing adventures of Milo and Otis? Maybe. I suppose. All right. So everybody's going crazy because gas went down to two ninety nine. All the TV crews are out because one gas station in Gresham's. Everyone traveled to Gresham right now. Was it a mistake? No. It meant to go down three ninety nine to drum up business. So they want everybody from Portland to drive all the way to Gresham and buy gas for three ninety nine a gallon. Mm, whatever. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, most stations in the area are four. It went back up this weekend. I noticed four twenty-five of the suburbs on the west side. So, uh, well, they're not going to be doing you any favors any anytime soon. The father of a psychiatric patient struck and killed by an SUV on I-84. The I-84 seeking three point four million dollars in a wrongful death suit. Heather Williams was eighteen. A patient at the state-run Blue Mountain Recovery Center in Pendleton was hit by the SUV after jumping from a van. So apparently the uh, the parents are blaming other people. Wait, so what? She what kind of hospital? What? 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 Okay, she was in a van. What kind of van? A van, an SUV. But I mean, is it a, like a, a a hospital van? I guess so. Is it a nut house? Uh, let's see. It just says she jumped from a van, so I'd imagine so. Well, it, if you jump from a van on a highway, bad things are going to happen to you. Yes. Seems like you're going to be hit by an SUV. Well, now they're arguing that it, they should transport the client in a cage vehicle. Oh, I should. <laughs> Child locking doors. The client. Is that what they call them now? Cage the client. <laughs> the client needs to be caged. Well, if, I have a, if I had a quarter for every time I've heard that, Tim. All right. Well, what can you do? What can you do? Hey, good thing for CBS today. They threw out that $550,000 indecency fine against CBS for the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show that ended with Janet Jackson's breast-bearing wardrobe malfunction. Jesus. You know, someday, can I just say this? As a radio person, don't you feel like, I, I feel at some point I have to get my picture taken with Janet Jackson's boob. You know what I mean? The boob that caused all the trouble. It's like the boob that ate Miami or something, you know, whatever, one of those. It's, uh, I mean, it's just caused so much freaking trouble for everybody. I mean, it really is, it's, it's, it, it is almost impossible to overstate the, the number of things that either happened or didn't happen because of Janet Jackson's breast. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, whichever. Nobody was clear on the circumstances for what you could be be in trouble for back then. Remember that all yeah. that paranoia? And and, and it was real. Those were really dark days. It was I like nineteen fifty style propaganda. It was. I mean, immediately following the the breast bearing. I mean, it was for the couple years after the breast. And things have certainly gone back to normal on some in some regards. But I mean, in a couple years after that, Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction or whatever the stupid phrase was for it. I mean, it was it was a bad time. So you couldn't do anything. I mean, the country would schizo over a boob. I mean, really, a boob that was visible for I think the, I think the a committee second nine sixteenths of a second. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who calculates such things. Nine sixteenths of a second. So I feel like as a radio guy, someday I got to meet Janet Jackson just so I can get my uh, my picture taken with the notorious boob, <laughs> the the notorious B O O B. Um, but um, Jesus, yeah, it was just a, just a just a weird. Anyway, so the government. The, the, the courts told the FCC to like to get bent. So as they should. Yeah. All right. By the way, happy birthday to Senator Rudstone. He recently, they're not saying what day. He turned 85. 155 years and old. And he has no intention of stepping down. Oh, of course not. Even for that daughter who'd love that job. <laughs> Just isn't going to happen. Uh, let's say it says Rick. Did you really find the whole Daddy's Cold Cold Sheet song? I've been looking for that song for years to send to you ever since you first played it, but I can only ever find a small sample. Uh, so I don't know. No, We're I still. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find it. That's but what I, I'm saying. I found the. The guy who sings it, and you can buy the CD. Oh, let me get We're right on that. Paying for something yeah. on this program? Did you pay? Um, did you? Uh, did you look on the uh, on YouTube? Yes, I, that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, religious nutcase watch. Uh, here's your religious nutcase watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio. Put it in your mouth. The group convicted of adultery and sex offenses could be executed at any time. The lawyers have called on the head of a range judiciary to prevent the sentences from being carried out. The last officially reported stoning in Iran last year drew strong criticism from human rights groups and the European Union. Eight women were sentenced whose ages ranged from 27 to 43. They had convictions including prostitution, incest, and adultery. The man was a 50-year-old music teacher. He was convicted of illegal sex with a student. Under Rand's Islamic law, stoning to death is the punishment for the crime of adultery. In 2002, Iranian Judiciary Chief Ayatollah Muhammad Harashemi imposed a moratorium on stoning, but at least three people are reported to be executed and stoned since then. Part 2. Our friends in Saudi Arabia. A 60-year-old Saudi man who was set to marry a 10-year-old girl has won in a bet with her father, has postponed the marriage after protests from human rights. He won her in a bet? Yeah, he won her in a bet. And she's how old? Uh, Ten. Saudi Arabia. They are our partners in peace, Tim. Maybe it was like a scratcher. He won. Uh, the fate of the little girl was decided after her father declared the elderly man to marry a second wife and teased him about being afraid of his current wife. The elderly man accepted the challenge and asked for his daughter's hand in marriage, says the Saudi Arabian newspaper Al Medina. The father couldn't retract the challenge and accepted the proposal, asking for a 100,000 royal dowry, uh, adding that the two men finalized the marriage procedures and the couple even underwent premarital tests, which shocked the staff at the lab. Saudi uh, sociologist Abdullah Al-Habi said that in these kinds of marriages, the father technically sells his daughter 
Since the groom-to-be usually pays huge amounts of money to marry a younger girl to satisfy his sexual desires. Yeah, there you go. These marriages usually end up in failure, he cautions. <laughs> no. And the girl usually goes through trauma due to living with a man who is much older. There they are. They are people of God. There's your religious nutcase. Tim Riley. In other news, a Florida woman. A woman where, Tim? In Florida. Damn it. Stabbed oh, an elderly Manatee County man who fought back with a pitchfork. A sheriff's report said 25-year-old Sarah Moore and 72-year-old Robert Smith were fighting over $6. <laughs> Moore grabbed Smith's wallet and then stabbed him in the chest with a pitch. Then the man... <laughs> well, that escalated really quickly. The woman was elevated and uh, oh, evaluated. I guess she was elevated to it. The pitchfork. And the rest of our suspicion of aggravated battery and robbery. Brick, you killed a man with a trident. Uh, the woman from the uh, pitchfork was several inches into the chest. Yeah. Wow. One might expect. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I, I've never been to Florida. Has anybody here been to Florida? I've been to Florida. I got oh. the worst sunburn of my life. And really? My face peeled off. When... <laughs> it like blistered. It was so. I was so. We went to uh, it's hot Disney there. World. Yeah, I went to Disney World. And the last day, I hadn't gotten any sun, and I've never oh. learned my lesson even since. Didn't make up for I'm it. Sit outside. Yeah, it was overcast, and <laughs> I I had like second degree burns all over my face. When was this? It was when I was in the ninth grade. Jesus. Well, grade you know the grade. overcast days are the worst though because you don't think because it screens out the mm. sun and it just lets the infrared or the ultraviolet or whatever through. So. Um, well, Lara kind of, she's, she lived the first few years of her life in Florida and she's gone back a few times. She's always trying to get me. She's like, you know, you ought to see it because it's kind of cool and it's interesting. And, you know, but I just, it just, I feel like I have to see it at this point. It's like, I feel like for me at this point, it's like a Mecca. You know what I mean? Like I, I, like it's given us so much news. There've been so many great stories from Florida. It's like, I have to, I have to go and do a pilgrimage. I have to pay my respects. It's like a whole state like Gresham with the coup. <laughs> exactly. Together. You uh, know what? Just FYI, don't ever YouTube child abuse. Who would be note to self? <laughs> I'm trying to find this, like, keep coming across these horrible videos of, like, beaten children and, like, it's awful. I, I think that would happen if you, I would Google that. if you Googled the phrase child abuse. They're not, they're not selling that, cookies door to yeah, door. Yeah, seriously. I'm trying to find that YouTube song because it's called Survivor. Here's it's another like, thing. You don't want to Google barbed wire enema. I would avoid that as well. All right. Uh, I'm doing this for the show, Rick. Don't Google force-fed broken glass. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and so speaking of Florida, so I saw this great, um, I saw this great documentary over the weekend called Cocaine Cowboys, uh, which is a story, it's a documentary about the sort of booming cocaine trade that happened in Florida in the mid-70s to early 80s, um, and it's just, it's just staggering, especially when you realize, it's always interesting when you go back and, and you look at sort of cities or places or towns or times in our history when things were sort of unregulated, like, it's interesting when you go back and you look at eras when the crime is happening before the law sort of catches up, before the government kind of figures out what's going on. Sort of like if you think back now to the early days of MP3 trading and Napster and all of that, how it was just, this phrase gets overused, but it was just the Wild West. I mean, there was just no, there was nobody was doing anything. There was no regulation of any kind. It was just, it was just anarchy. It was chaos. Um, and so it was apparently in Florida in the mid-70s when they started bringing in all this cocaine. Uh, 
and apparently at one point they were talking about Miami, who, which I guess had just become like the worst place on earth by 1979, where they were averaging two murders in Miami every single day for an entire year. I mean, they were just... Just in Miami? Just in Miami. It was two murders a day for a year. I mean... They were killing mostly tourists on the road to the airport? It was... It, I mean, I, apparently it was just staggering. And they were talking about how even now, if you look at the Miami skyline, all of those buildings and all of those skyscrapers, a lot of those were all built with drug money because there was so much drug money in the city that the criminals couldn't keep it all around, and so they were laundering it by putting it back into real estate. So they were talking about how the, this infrastructure and all, if you you know, you know see Miami at night, it's that beautiful, glittering skyline. There was you know, like 60% of those buildings were all built with drug money. And they, they were talking about this one bank in particular. They said on, on an average year, the typical bank in Florida uh, receives, I think it's a $12 million or something that people deposit in cash. In other words, people walking in with some cash that they want to stick in their savings account. The average bank in Florida gets $12 million of cash deposits every year. In Miami in 1978, it was $600 million every year, and it was all drug money. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's called uh, Cocaine Cowboys. It's, uh, it's quite good. Uh, we should take a break here because it's like 1240. Come back after this. More from Tim Riley coming up later on. The makers of Bacon Salt. Uh, will join us. Uh, oh, we'll talk about the clapper. Sarah has questions about the clapper. Uh, Jim Roop and part two of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. And so forth. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And this news hour brought to you by our friends at Lace Auto Collision Centers. Buy distinct collision repairs. Go to lace.com and find out what Lace can do for you. Northeast Marine Drive remains closed between 33rd and 122nd due to a head-on collision involving a semi and a passenger car. Happened shortly after 10 o'clock this morning when one of the vehicles crossed the center line. The semi overturned. Uh, apparently, that road is going to be closed for several hours now. While investigators look for the cause. The driver of the passenger vehicle was taken to a manual with possible life-threatening injuries. The driver of the semi has minor injuries. The semi was not carrying hazardous material. Uh, hold on one day. Richie, did you... How many of those squid things did you eat? All of them. <laughs> How are you feeling? I think I'm going to puke. <laughs> Would you come in here for a moment, please? You ate the whole bag? <laughs> and throw up in front of us, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to lose control of your stomach, I demand that you do it in here. Why should Tim be the only one to suffer internal distress? No, I'm fine now. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, recently refurbished. Do you? Let me ask you this: Tim, Do you feel? Do you actually feel sort of empty? I mean, not just. I mean, do you? In other words, did you have the sense that there's less sort of stuff in your body now? No, because it wasn't that much anyway. All right, but it was six hours worth at least. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, at, after a while, it just turns to liquid. <laughs> Oh, and I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute, this is coming out of the wrong body part. And, and I was still, no, no, this is supposed to. Happen. Wow, that's so wrong. But I mean, I, I feel mentally better knowing that I, I don't have anything. There's no cancer and so right. forth. Right. Do you have any more pills? 
No, I took them both. Uh, really? They give you two? They only give it. No, two's enough. Believe me, one would have been enough. I could use one right now. So, um, but, you know, I told you, you can go to the supermarket and buy that whole kit. You can buy a. Uh, it's uh, what it, it's it, sort of. It is home. It is uh, home cleansing. A home evacuation kit, Richie. Uh, it's a home laxative <laughs> kit. Uh, so, is it, does it purport to be the same thing you took? Yeah, more or less. Oh, it's just that it's just that you're standing from like the bottom shelf at Winco. It is the bottom shelf. <laughs> it, it's right below the sunscreen because I was buying the sunscreen. <laughs> the discount sunscreen. <laughs> no, it is the best sunscreen. Uh, so, um, so I, ha- I when I was cleaning the house this weekend, I found this whole. This whole package of sealed squid shreds sitting on top of my refrigerator, shoved all the way to the back, that I think has been there for many years. And I just gave them to you as sort of a goof. You ate the whole package? Yeah. That was a big bag. Why did you do that? I don't know. There's a 19-something on here. 1963 Xbox. <laughs> right there. Let me see. It says 19-something, 88. Um, oh, so, that's an old squid. Yes. Yeah, so, so you ate the entire package. How long did it take you to eat that entire package of squid shreds? Five minutes. Are you regretting that? <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like? I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> like I ran a mile or something. And my Strangled by squid. Right here. Uh, are you now? Well, they weren't that bad for you. They're only like 160 calories. You'll die thin. Yeah, but they probably expanded or something. Cause <laughs> I hurt. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like I. You know how when you run, your gut, your side gut hurts. Well, you know we right have the, here. Dude, this is 100 of your daily cholesterol. That's be something you can take. That's true. If you thought about just hitting that medicine cabinet, the, the first aid kit in the kitchen, you take one of those pink pills. You hurt. Um, yeah, it's solid. I mean, my stomach is not soft. It's solid. <laughs> it's like you just swallowed. Maybe the squid expanded like, like sea monkeys. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's like those little those little capsule sponge animal things you buy for your bathtub. They came back to life. You just throw them into the bath. Look, it's an antelope. Well, I drank two times. Two Diet Cokes with this. No, that, well, that was probably ill-advised. <laughs> so now you're all carbonated and filled with dried, expanding squid. And it's like solid. the chia pet of squid. Would you like some bacon salt to wash that down with? I did that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a lot of bacon salt, too. What kind... Did you put bacon salt on the squid? Yeah. What kind well, of I pain? Put in, I cupped my hand, and then I would lick, my, lick the squid <laughs> and dip it in the bacon salt. <laughs> sort of like a poor man's, like, uh, lime and tequila. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Squid <laughs> so you made a pile of bacon salt? In my in my and hand. And then he would just lick your hand. <laughs> then I lick the squid shreds and the then squid, dip them. <laughs> so it's like some sort of a it's like a bacon seafood lick 'em stick, but just like in your hand. <sighs> it's impossible to describe how different from Tim you are in every way. <laughs> I'm solid. This is solid. <laughs> All right, this just in Richie's stomach is solid and filled with squid. I feel it. I don't want to feel your feel stomach. It, Tim. No. <laughs> it's solid. Sarah, I don't want to feel any piece of you, Richie. I'll, I'll take your you Sarah, will you feel Richie's stomach? Thank you. I had to feel his face that time it was still with pus. I do have a story for Richie from the Netherlands because he asked me about uh, oh my God. smoking. It's solid. Oh, it's like touching a wall. All right. Not a, weird. That's my abdomen. Take massaging a brick. All right, let's have the story for Richie, and then we'll let you get back to your room. What is the story, Tim? So it's now outdoors only for tobacco smokers at bars and restaurants in the Netherlands because you're asking me about Amsterdam. Even at the so-called coffee shops. Now, marijuana smokers are still welcome inside, but cigarette smokers are not. That's pretty great. So, actually, if you smoke pot, you can hang out inside. But if you smoke tobacco, you got to get to kick you out to the street. That's that's correct. The tobacco mm-hmm. ban also applies to the marijuana cafes known as coffee shops, where smoking cannabis is tolerated, though it's technically illegal. 
So customers who like to mix their weed with tobacco for some unknown reason will have to go outside. Who so mixes their weed with tobacco? I have no idea. I know people who do that. Really? Who, like, roll a cigarette, and they'll have, like, a, they'll put just a little bit of weed in it. Just like a two birds, one stone mm-hmm. kind of a thing? And just, like, smoke, just, but smoke it like a regular cigarette. So, Richie, on your trip to Amsterdam, you may smoke inside as long as it's just marijuana. Are you oh, going cool. to Amsterdam? Planning for next year, yeah. I, I think it's a good place for Richie. He's yeah. Right in there. I, I want to <laughs> rave. Okay. You'll be able to rave. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch Hostel before you go. Oh, I, yeah. I've watched it. Isn't there two of those? Yeah. You should go sit down. You don't look scary. very good. Oh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Sit down. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> wow. It's probably clogged up in there, Richie, since you do need to use it. <laughs> it's only clogged when it's really needed, though. Oh, I have to. Oh, crap. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So Shannon Doherty is returning to her old stomping ground. Ooh. The Beverly Hills 90210 bad girl has signed on to co-star with her new CW spin-off based on her old 90210 series. At the Television Critics Association, maybe Peter Carlin met her, it was a press tour in uh, Beverly Hills. Doherty's rep told People magazine that the actress is looking forward to returning to 90210. Her co-stars appear to be looking forward to her return, too. I'm sure. Tori Spelling, who also starred in the former Fox series, says Doherty's edition will be, quote, probably the best news fans could ever get, unquote. All the girls on the show will be psyched. Uh, Doherty played Brenda Walsh for four seasons in the original. Only four? Mm-hmm. The new series premieres September 2nd, and should be playing Brenda as the now-visiting drama teacher who directs a musical at West Beverly High School. Oh, really? All right. I I spent all weekend uh, on Hulu watching episodes of Nano 2 Good for you. Actually, season four. You're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. Here's Tim Riley. Harry Manilow denies reports that he is ill. The New York Daily News says questions regarding Manilow's health stem from photos taken earlier this month in which he seems to have suddenly lost a significant amount of weight. Manilow's spokeswoman said the performer is absolutely not sick. Of course. She also dismisses the story in the Globe that claims the six-foot-tall entertainer's weight has dropped to just 100 pounds? Oh, damn. Yeah. And he's, Have you seen pictures of him? No, oh, and he's... Sick. Well, he's a very thin man under the best of circumstances. He's a slender person. Uh, the rep admits that um, Manilo is lean, calling him pretty thin. Boy, we've heard this from other people. Uh, uh, but he quotes, uh, even Mary Kate and Ashley weigh more than 100 pounds. She has a Manilo who will resume his music and passion engagement at the Hilton. August 27th is working on his next album and putting together a new stage show. Uh, well, I got to tell you, and here's the thing about Barry Manilow. And, you know, it's funny because I was just listening to Barry Manilow yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was uh, in the car and I had like one of the, you know, like a mix, whatever, like a mix CD or whatever. And um, it's a bunch of MP3s. And one of them is, is my Barry Manilow compilation that I put together. So I was just listening to Barry Manilow yesterday. Do you have a photo of him? Well, I mean, that's. No, that's... No, no, that's bad. I was, just trying, I was trying to put a good face on it. Look at his pants. Wow. I mean, my God, his clothes don't even fit The him. thing is, his head is still the same size. Well, I guess your skull can only get so small. Exactly. Uh, but I was just listening to Barry Manilow yesterday, and I was thinking about this, because I've seen him in concert a few times. And, you know, here's the thing about Barry Manilow. Is I, the thing is, I, and I'm not saying that anything's wrong, because we don't know. All we know is that he appears to be thin. Um is that Manilow is from that old school, though, where it's like even if he's got, I mean, even if he if his head is just full of tapeworms, like he'll never reveal it. I mean, he'll die, and then once he's, you know, someday, I'm saying, whenever it is he dies, uh, be it next week or 50 years from now, whatever comes out then will come out then. But he's, but as I've said before, if you read his autobiography, at no point in his autobiography does he even say when he was born. 
His autobiography scrupulously avoids any mention of his birth date uh, because he he's a he is you can tell he's a little. Um, he began his career in the early '60s though, and has reinvented himself many many times. Uh, he he has, and you, he is very. Um, I'm trying to be nice about this because I like Barry Manilow, but he, you can tell he's very much a controlling person in terms of his image and his persona and sort of how he is presented to the public. You can also he's not t- presented at all. Uh, you, well, I, but in terms of sort of how when he's on stage, he obviously has a very sort of very crafted image that he sort of puts out, and there's really nothing beyond that. And you can also tell by the way that he gets snippy at just the slightest provocation. Uh, I was watching that PBS Barry Manilow by request special that he did, not last Christmas, but I think the Christmas before that. And there was somebody who called in, and the deal is, you know, on that PBS thing, that they take calls live on the air. And then the person goes, Barry, I'm your biggest fan. I live in Yonkers. And would you play Weekend in New England or whatever? And it's like, and then he goes, oh, that's so sweet. I'm so glad you've requested that. Is You know, that's really one of my favorite. And then he would, like, unspool the canned anecdote about that song. But they would, t- and it's very Larry King style. Well, you can tell when somebody calls those PBS by request shows, they've been told, like, keep it brief, keep it short, one opening line, and, you know, one sentence, and then your request. Well, let's take the Susie Orbman call. Exactly. When everything is done ahead of time. Totally. Which is stolen from car time. Click and clack. Yeah. And, but there's, so Mantle has taken this call and he goes, um, I think, I think we have another call. Do we have, um, is it, uh, John? John, hi. It's Barry. And John, and Barry, I, I love it. I sound like that guy in talk radio. Barry! Um, Barry, I love your stuff. And, uh, well, I remember, I don't remember if you remember this, but I met you backstage at the Coho Arena. In uh, Detroit, in 19, and you can tell that he's gone off script, that he's taking longer than it's supposed to get to the point. And as the call goes on, and there's no way to interrupt him, and Barry Manilow, who is very much just a, you know, keep it going, keep it moving, keep it going kind of guy, as the call goes on, you can see that Manilow keeps looking for a way to interrupt him. Keeps waiting for it. Okay, you know, and the guys, and so, and then you, you also met my wife backstage, and um, I brought my one daughter there. My second daughter, uh, 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 Sabrina, she couldn't be there because she was sick, uh, but she's a big fan of yours, too. And, it's, and and I've seen you a bunch of times, Barry, and I got you put on a great show, you know, and I think you look really good, you know, for is doing it. And you, we've got all your records, and Manilow is just sitting there, just like cinching himself tighter and tighter, just with rage, wanting to cut the guy off. So... He's but he, so he's very very conscious of that of that sort of a thing. But well, that'll suck if there's something wrong with him. What can you do? Here's Tim Riley. Let's pause five seconds for station identification. KCMD Portland, the CBS radio station. The Dark Knight is shattering box office records at the movies. A highly anticipated film starring Christian Bale as the comic book hero Batman and Heath Ledger as the diabolical Joker pulled in. Nope, I had corrected figures here. Brand new, more than expected. $158.3 million. Jesus. Awesome. That's amazing. So that beats Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. In your face, Spider-Man record. 3. Uh, the Dark Knight director, uh, Christopher, what's his name here? Christopher Nolan. Nolan was asked if uh, Heath Ledger got to see himself on screen as the Joker. Unfortunately, he'd only seen the, the prologue. He'd only seen the, the introduction to his character that we shot with these IMAX uh, cameras and, and put out as a sort of short film and in IMAX in the Christmas and we screened it for him and uh, he enjoyed it very much and uh, I'm very pleased that they gave him a taste of how it was going to come across. Christian Bale thinks Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker was just right for the movie. We wanted to stay serious and dramatic with each of the portrayals of every single character. 
Keith was wonderful with that. You know, he completely immersed himself. Yeah. He stayed under. You know, when he was the Joker, he was the Joker uh, throughout. With absolute commitment to that. And, uh, you know, he's portrayed him in a way that has not been portrayed before. You know, he has this kind of anarchic, punk, uh, clockwork orange approach to it. He has an anarchic, punk, work, clockwork orange to it. Uh, that's the one thing that... I wonder what the Joker's daily beauty regiment was. Did he, did he put that white powder on several times a day? Run face through gutter of street. Uh, did you notice, and uh, we won't give anything away, but there was that sequence where about halfway through where his makeup got reapplied from scratch. That's what I thought. And then you started thinking to yourself, and that I thought, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I found that really intriguing because... Um, he has to go home and like... Touch it up. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Is like, where did he, where does he? Where's the additional makeup at? Like, does he keep it in a bag like with a him? Compact? In fact, we know it's not because when they found him at the cop, all he had in his pockets was knives and lint. So, at the beginning of the movie, his makeup is sort of, you know, sort of grungy. Rubbed off. Yeah. And then further in, it gets a little bit better. And when he's at the police station being interrogated, which is in a trailer, so I can say that when he's at the police station, there's like it's, you know, it's bad. Like you can see his, you know, his skin through it or whatever. And then later, there's a sequence with. Uh, with him talking to somebody, where he's sitting by, he's sitting next to somebody talking, and his makeup is back to being fantastic again. And it's, and I had the same thought. I, I was just wondering, excuse me before I commit my next murder, but I must go to the powder room and take <laughs> Will you let me freshen up just my a little bit? My nose is shiny. <laughs> the, hey, but here's, okay, here's an interesting thing. Um, See, I, know, I don't know what we can talk about what we can. I I, th I like to think that I'm Would not... Do you think that most people have seen it who wanted this? Well, I think like everybody in the country saw it three times, according to the box office figures. Um, there was no wait in the suburbs. I was getting emails from people all weekend long, though, that were just like, OMG, you know, about The Dark Knight. Um, there, did you notice that there is... I mean, there's a sequence, like, I would say... It's... It's uh, shorter than Janet Jackson's boob was exposed for. There's this, there's like about a quarter of a second where you see him without makeup, though. Totally without oh, yeah. makeup. And so I'm going to be looking for the I've DVD. I've seen a, a spoiler picture of that before. I'm curious to see the DVD to sort of freeze frame that. Do you have a photo up? Do you have a still oh, of it? Yeah, I put one up a while back. I can find it for you. And here's the thing. It's you, really... That like quarter second where you see him, is it that he's without makeup? Or is it sort of like it's human makeup put on over Joker makeup, do you suppose? Hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering about that, because it would be weird, because that would then be the last film we have of Heath Ledger sort of, you know, as himself. Kind of. Although I guess he still has the scars. He's like mutilated, yeah. Yeah, so, wow. All right. Aaron Eckhart, uh, recall shooting the hospital scene with Heath Ledger. I felt like Heath was in such command of his character that I could say anything to him in character, and he would come right back with something funnier, better. So at the end of that day, we were both very tired. And felt like we did an okay job. And um, I remember saying to Heath, you know, I patted him on the back, and I said, that's why we act. Yeah, there was a um, there was a really, really great thing that kept happening to me this weekend that sort of drives home what an impact the movie had on me. That, And I can still hear it out. It, it, that, that Joker score that's just that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
Well, good for you, Heath Ledger. So let's play a little clip here. In this scene, and I, this is, isn't giving anything away. Bruce Wayne, who's Christian Bale, tells Rachel, Maggie Gyllenhaal, there may not be as much uh, need for Batman as originally thought. Harvey may not know you well enough to understand when you're making fun of him, but I do. No, I mean every word. You know that day that you once told me about when Gotham would no longer need Batman? It's coming. It's happening now. Harvey is that hero. He locked up half of the city's criminals, and he did it without wearing a mask. Gotham needs a hero with a face. Well, okay. There's uh, uh, there's something about that scene. Mm, no, I won't. I won't. There's a, there's a question I have about that scene that I will not. I'll ask. I'll ask folks off the air because it would be it would reveal too much if I were to ask a question about that scene. All right. I won't say anymore. I what? won't say anymore. Okay. Time to move on here and talk about Republican hopeful John McCain taking a break from the campaign trail to attend a baseball game of the Bronx. There he visited Yankee Stadium with Rudy Giuliani. The former mayor of New York said the choice in November should be clear to all the voters involved. I think if you look at Senator McCain's record on Iraq, uh, I don't see how you fail. You don't fail the election president. I mean, he was right about Iraq when almost everybody else was wrong. Ugh, it's like some no awful, way. horrible flash, flashback. The hunt continues for a prisoner who escaped from the Walnut County Jail in Texas. Sheriff Randy Smith said they're looking for 26-year-old Daryl Lane Norris, who escaped from a, an air vent in his cell. You see, he shed his prison clothing and lost quite a bit of mate, weight and managed to get through the skinny chute. He was last seen walking around town during the weekend. He went to a house where he was able to obtain some clothing. He was last seen with a light-colored T-shirt, dirty blue jeans, and black-colored shoes. Yes, he was a skinny fellow to begin with. It's a very, very small hole, believe me, and it's it's something that's amazing to, it's a very small it, to what? determine how he did it. Oh. He'd been oh. on a crash diet for several months planning this, this escape. And it works. A GM will be showing up. It's brand-new muscle car today. This is going to be the 2010 Chevrolet Camaro. GM President Ed Pieper said this Camaro is what the 21st century sports car will be like. Because it's fresh, it's different. It's fresh and, and different. it's much more than a muscle car. This is not a muscle car. This is the essence of the 21st century sports car. You won't be able to afford the gas. Oh, by the way, Honda's coming up with a new hybrid. Somebody took some uh, pictures by satellite of them testing this hybrid in the desert. Really? Yes. That's pretty great. And it, it's supposed to... Uh, be the competitor for the Prius. The Prius killer. Mm -hmm. The Prius, would you agree, the Prius is the iPod uh, of hybrids? It's, it's everywhere all of a sudden. It is the benchmark. It's the standard. So, yeah, I, and well, people must be paying. I mean, I can't imagine that they're low-ended prices any at this point. I mean, people have got to be paying the, 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 out the ass for those things mm -hmm. because there's just such a demand for them. So, although, I, I would be curious. Didn't we talk to, was it Susan we talked to that has a, has a Prius? And... My sort of bottom line question was, like, how many fill-ups are we talking about? Like, do, if you were to drive, take your regular fuel-burning car and drive from here to L.A. and back, and then you were to also do it in a Prius, do the same trip in a Prius, exactly how many fill-ups are you taking? Because that's kind of the benchmark by which we judge everything, right? Nobody, nobody because people can say, well, I get 29 miles to the gallon, but it doesn't really mean anything. You judge it by how often you have to fill the car. Um 
You know, because that, that, that stupid truck I drive, you got to fill that thing like three times a day just to keep it running. Uh, whereas, you know, our our, uh, our Ford, you know, you don't have to draw, you don't have to uh, fill that nearly as often. I would be curious to know if you're driving a Prius as opposed to driving a regular car, do you have to fill the Prius? Would you say half as often, two thirds as often? I mean, that really, I think, is the benchmark by which we judge all of these things. Well, it's time to ruin the summer for everyone. Hot, sticky summer weather is causing lakes to become a real draw for cooling off. However, beware of tiny waterborne parasites that are causing swimmers to develop red, itchy welts. <laughs> uh, drying off uh, right after swimming can make a difference. They get on us when we get wet, and when we get out of the water and dry off, they burrow into our skin. They're trying to survive. And so if we don't dry off, they burrow off. into our skin, and then they die. And that's what makes that little welt. Don't forget, parasites aren't poisonous. They're just very annoying. Everybody can be affected by summer's itch. Only 30 to 40 percent of the population seems to be sensitive to swimmer's (laughs) itch. So two people may swim in the same water, and one may have a problem, and one may not. And the symptoms may last just a few days or up to several weeks. Are you in trouble with swimmer's itch? (laughs) They, they, Mom, do you ever get swimmer's itch? They burrow into your skin and die? Yes. Well, what a stupid organism. What is, it, what, what is the point of that? Well, let's do something that will kill us. Why, if they're trying to live, do they burrow into your skin where they're, they're going to die? That's a good question. I, uh, I, I think somebody needs to evolve a little bit. Huh? Huh? All right. Um, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, is this Andy, the homeschooled kid? Yes. Hello, sir. I had a couple of things about Dark Knight, of and also, but first, your parasite thing. Yes. Presumably, they think, I think they die immediately if they don't burrow into your skin, but they die a few minutes later if they do burrow into your skin. So it's just about it's about sucking out every list, last bit of the the marrow of life. It it's sort of you can put on the gas mask and. Breathe filtered air before someone shoots you, or you can just be in the poisonous air. That doesn't make any sense, but let's move well, on. We're trying to ruin summer for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. What's the point of this? We're just trying to creep people out, really. Yeah. <laughs> With the Dark Knight. Yes. First off, great movie, but Heath Ledger shouldn't have had, or now let's, let's, shouldn't let's, have had makeup. Let's, uh, so what? In... In the actual Joker storyline, he fell into a vat of acid, and that's why his face is like that. Well, there are various Joker uh, storylines. I think there is no one definitive uh, Joker origin story. I'm going with the killing joke origin story. Of course you are. Well, what can what can one do? I think I think Christopher Nolan's thing was just trying to keep the Joker a little bit uh, a little bit fresh, and I think he was trying very hard not to recreate the Jack Nicholson Joker story arc because. Because Jack Nicholson's Joker sucked, and so I think he was trying to get as far away from that as possible. That would be my speculation, sir. Also, I just have to point out, yes. why does Batman have to talk like this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about that a little bit on Friday, and I will grant you that it gets to be a little annoying. I when know he... that he has to disguise his voice, but it is. But that's the thing. He's... I get it. I get it, but it doesn't make it not annoying. I mean, he, you know because what? he's doing two things. A, you've got the fact that he's got to disguise his voice so that nobody knows that the Batman is Bruce Wayne. Secondly, you got Christian Bale, who has to alter his voice while in the same 
moment not betraying the fact that he has uh, a South African accent. He has to ha- not have an accent and then sound like Bruce Wayne trying not to sound like Bruce That's Wayne. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, Maybe you know. It's a little tight. What are you, you, you going to do? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a crotch cinching happening there. So, uh, so you know, what can you do? You know, the minor complaints about a great film. Yes. Right. And, hey, I got my tickets for free, so, you know. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Right, there you go. Uh, people are getting kind of. I, I had some aggro people on me about saying that I didn't like the voice, and she's like, "Well, you know, it's his character," and I'm like, "What can you do? Regardless of it's his character, an annoying thing is an annoying thing." Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not going to ruin the movie for me. I mean, it's, he doesn't it's, it's, talk like that that much, but when he does, like especially at the end, I'm just like, "That is overkill." It just, dude. It, it's a voice that works well for short periods of time. It doesn't work well for long monologues about the nature of evil. <laughs> All right, here's Tim Riley. Let's talk about Jessica Simpson, shall we? Can we please endlessly? Yes. Uh, Jessica Simpson says her debut country album uh, is wonderful. She wants to give fans a little more insight into who she is, because we're all so curious. She also knows she's very pleased that the main requirement for the project would be some good, solid tunes. What was so great in making this record, it wasn't like there was a request for more up-tempos or more ballads, or they just wanted good music. If it's a good song, it's a good song. It should go on your album. Uh, she wants everyone to know she, too, was raised a country girl. Believe it or not, I'm a simple country girl. I might buy expensive shoes, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely a simple country girl. I grew up on a ranch, too. So I grew up on a ranch? Oh, oh man, why isn't she gone yet? The next person who describes themselves as being real country needs to be taken out back and beaten senseless. She was greeted by Jeers from audience members at Country Thunder in Randall, Wisconsin. She opened for Sarah Evans Saturday night. The paper quoted one audience member who said she didn't belong at the event, and others said she was, quote, not good enough to be here in Randall, Wisconsin. Not good enough to be in Randall. Oh, man. Not good enough for Randall, the Jessica Simpson story. Opening for Sarah Evans. Sarah, Sarah Evans is that woman who allegedly boinked all the members of Three Doors Down, mm-hmm. uh, presumably at once. That's just been alleged, by the way. She hasn't commented on that, but that was her uh, her husband alleged that in their divorce proceedings. Well, Jessica Simpson's so damn stupid. Like she has a <laughs> she had a reality show showing her living with her husband in a palatial mansion, and she's sitting there trying to market herself as a simple I'm a country, country girl. girl. All right. Uh, oh, speaking of booed, has anybody seen? Not that you probably have, because almost no one would care about this. So, Warrant, uh, '80s metal band Warrant, is trying to get back together to. You know, for the obligatory money-grubbing tour and so forth. So they were trying to sort of, you know, they were doing one of those, like, not a secret gig, but, you know, because I think there's this thing, there's some big 80s hair band rock festival, let's call it, like, Rocklahoma or something, and it's it's going to be, you know, like, Great White and Cinderella and Poison, it's all these all these 80s bands. And so Warrant was sort of trying to get together, and they were trying to build a little buzz about it, because I guess all the guys in Warrant haven't played together in, like, 15 years, I guess it's been a long time. So they were do so the, the original lineup of Warrant was getting together to play sort of like a half-secret, half-public warm-up gig in Las Vegas, which apparently was so bad that Janie Lane, who's the lead singer for Warren, I guess was booed off stage. I have some video. I'll try to play some video or some audio from it later. I have some video clips that people took from the audience where at one point, I mean, has anybody, let's just go around the room, has anybody been at a concert where the act was booed or booed off the stage? No. I don't think so. You've never been in a place where they booed the uh, the act off the stage? No, I, I, not that I'm recalling right now. The only time I ever saw that happen, uh, there was a band called... No, 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 it didn't even happen there. I will say when I saw... Um, there was a Van Halen show. 
in Spokane years ago, like maybe 92, 93. And of all bands to open for Van Halen, um, Alice in Chains opened for Van Halen, which just seems like a staggeringly bad idea even now. And Alice in Chains got booed off about halfway through. Um, but it's an interesting phenomenon, phenomenon because you're, you know, you, presumably you've paid to see it, right? Like you forked over, you know, whatever, 15, 30, 50 bucks to see the band. It must take a lot to take people who have actually invested $50 and like three hours of their lives to come see you for them to actually go from not cheering to actually full on booing you. This is actually asking you to get, especially when you're the headliner, like Warrant was at this show. So I'll, I'll find some video from that. I'll try to play that later on. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, uh, if you go to my website, you can watch this. The first ever Batman movie from 1943, you can see a clip from it. The Batman was played by Lewis Wilson and Robin by Douglas Croft. So it's 65 years old. I have the trailer for it if you want to listen to it a little bit. Absolutely. The basement of this house is a strange, dimly lighted secret bat cave. Hidden headquarters of Batman, America's wow. number one crime fighter. Batman and his two-fisted assistant, Robin the Boy Wonder. Wherever crime like raises its ugly head to strike, Batman and Robin strike also. Columbia Pictures presents the incomparable Batman and Robin. The famous serial that has amazed Bat fans around the world. Fifteen thrill-packed chapters. I think that was an actual ray gun that he had right there. Looks like a vacuum cleaner. Oh, and this is where the, the words BAM and... <laughs> the words BAM and ARG groan. Playboy Bruce Wayne and his ward Dick Grayson are ready at a moment's notice to become the indomitable aces of courage. Danger leads them taking superhuman risks against incredible odds. You'll gasp, you'll cheer as Batman and Robin battle for justice in the adventure of the century. These pulse-pounding episodes will rivet you to your seat. Don't fail to see Batman and Robin. That's fantastic. You know what's amazing is we didn't get Adam West offered to us. Uh, this time around, because usually anytime anything happens anywhere in the news, anywhere in the world with Batman, yeah. suddenly it, there, it really is like instead of the bat signal, it's like a like an interview signal gets shot up into the sky and Adam West appears, like to sort of whore himself yeah. around for whatever it is I that love he's doing. The family Guy, Adam West. Well, because that's I mean that's, that's it. Because if you that's if you ever heard Adam West speaking voice, the weird thing is. Like, he doesn't change his voice at all. Like, that's how he talks all the time. Well, because it is Adam West playing Adam West. That's Adam yeah. West is Adam West. But, I mean, Adam West as Adam West is the same as Adam West as Batman. It's the same as Adam West in Maxim Zool. It's the same as Adam West in, God, whatever that short-lived 90s series he did was where he played another superhero. Kind of like Christopher Walken. It, that's it. That, that's, yeah, this is the one delivery. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, Adam West usually just sort of appears to, to kind of flog his wares anytime Batman is in the news. Also, I thought of you, Tim. If you look through this month's issue of um, uh, Rolling Stone or something, or that, maybe it's Blender, there's some, some magazine that's out this month, and they're selling. It's one of those things where they take a product, and they're sort of repackaging it to make it appeal to a demographic that would not otherwise buy it. I mean, it's not out-and-out -out false advertising, but what they've done is they've taken that 1966 Batman and Robin movie, which is all very campy and kitschy and Technicolor and Burgess Meredith going, rah, 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 rah. and if, if you look at the magazine ad for it, the magazine is all done in, like, dark gray, and it's got... And it is Adam West, you can tell from the profile, but it's Adam West, like, looking down, all shown in, like, shadows and sepia tone, 
And so they've just taken this 1966 very campy, corny comedy version of Batman and Robin, and they're marketing it with this sort of imagery and productions and color scheme that makes it look exactly like this sort of modern, dark Batman. So, you know, that's that's totally, that, you know what that's meant for? That's meant for the person who doesn't read the advertisement real close. It says, oh, they're selling that Batman movie. And then they just, you know, and then they go online and they buy it for like 1995, and then they get in the mail and they wonder what the hell they're, what the hell they're watching. So do you think they're ever going to incorporate Robin into any of the other? Uh, you know, they, they they would be fools too because that was the death of the. Chris O'Donnell, come on, that with was horrible. nipples on the bat suit. Seriously, it, I saw the greatest thing this weekend. It was on uh, it was on Dig.com. Somebody posted this. It was a gallery of all the promotional posters for all the Batman movies since Burton's '89 Batman. So it was it was all the Batman movie posters since 1989. And the thing is, it was like a total bell curve, because if you look at the imagery for the original Batman, and all, regardless of my problems with Tim Burton's Batman film, all, almost all of which revolve around Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Tim Burton's Batman at least looked cool. I mean, the, the color scheme, the production design, because Tim Burton is a very, he has a great, he has a great visual sense. I mean, there's very few people who, who can style a movie the way Tim Burton does. And so the posters for the 89 Batman film are actually really cool. The posters for Batman Begins and uh, The Dark Knight are really cool. All the posters in between suck. And when I remember you... the one for Batman Forever. Oh, God. When you get to Batman and Forever and Batman, like when you start seeing Jim Carrey show up in like a bright green Speedo, I mean, that's kind of when you just look and you're just like, this is more suck than anything can possibly that is contain. That's one of the worst movies ever it's made. It's like epic that's... fail. Oh, my God. It's, it's fail on a scale that, that has never, ever been seen. I'll find it's it. The Riddler. Oh, I'll, so I'll post the link. I'll post a link to it. And it's, Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face. It's unbelievably bad. So, all right. And Poison Ivy. Ooh, Uma Thurman. That is so bad. Here's Tim Riley. A wedding reception brawl in Ventura, California involved more than 100 people. Three men face charges, and the mother of the groom has a knife wound. Uh, several people were fighting when officers arrived at the Knights of Columbus Hall. It took 15 cops to disperse the crowd. Several officers suffered minor cuts and bruises. The mother of the groom was taken to the hospital with knife cuts to her face. Uh, three people have been arrested for ruining that wedding. What else do we have here? Do you know the right hot dog can save hundreds of calories? Yes, hot dogs aren't just rendered crap anymore. <laughs> hamburgers and hot dogs are classic cookout food. All hamburgers are more often homemade. And the number of recipes is beyond counting. Hot dogs are a bit tougher to make in the average kitchen. Because of their processed nature, hot dogs have gotten an unfair reputation over the years for being tubes full of everything from floor sweepings to healthy, <laughs> to nice healthy doses <laughs> and rat feces thrown in. What are you talking about? The hot dog. I don't want a tube full of anything, by the way. Can we just, first of all, nothing that comes out of a tube is anything I want for dinner at all. So the best hot dogs... And for all you hot dog eating people out there, and I know there's a big public for this, number one hot dogs are Hebrew National fat-free beef. Well, of course. No, those oh, are fantastic. I like fantastic. the reduced fat. Oh, oh. Those are really good. Mm -hmm. Bar S. Franks have, uh, well, first of all, the Hebrew National only has 48 calories. Bar S. Franks, 120 calories. It, that is the average hot dog. The consistency is a bit gelatinous without yeah. much bite. Yeah. They're extremely salty without much flavor, but people love them that way. <laughs> Armored Classic Hot Dogs have 180 calories. <laughs> it's meaty. <laughs> uh, For 180 calories, I would hope it was something to eat. Mm -hmm. It goes well with standard toppings. It uh, tastes well with mustard, apparently. Ballpark Franks, also with 180 calories. They plump when you cook them. Who would put something like that in there? <laughs> they plump 
<laughs> when you cook them. Imagine what happens after you swallow them. <laughs> and your intestines plump. Uh, apparently, according to the test, they taste rather fatty. <laughs> the bite was good. The saltiness was well controlled. But the fatness led to a very bad score. Uh, Nathan's famous skinless dogs, 170 calories, that's a little bit less. Uh, eating them should be a crime, it says here. Whether the ketchup or mustard or just naked uh, tastes best for you. Now, I thought Nathan's Famous used Hebrew National. I thought that was the deal. I don't know. When I had a hot dog there, it didn't taste very good. Well, I mean, people go there. I mean, it's... it's you just know, go there for the kitchen. You go there for the thing. I mean, that's the... You know what it is? Uh, Nathan's Famous is... I believe that's like the Dick's Bag of Burgers uh, of Coney Island. I mean, let's be honest. No one goes to Dick's Bag of Burgers and goes, oh, this is the best hamburger I've ever had in my it's life. really good, though. I suppose, but only in like a really trashy way. You know what I mean? Deluxes are the greatest thing. I mean, I, look, don't get me wrong. Every time I go to Seattle, we go to Dick's Bag of Burgers, but it's not like a, it's not like I eat that and go, this is really fine eating. I mean, even, 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 even I don't believe that to be true. And I'm a hick. I'm just country. Well, here's something that sounds... Well, I, I suppose if you eat hot dogs, it doesn't matter to you. Jenny <laughs> owned turkey franks. Now, seriously, should a turkey be eaten in a bun? I don't want to like eat. a regular hot dog. No, and again. So uh, what is the turkey roll? Are these turkey beaks? I, or their feet? Or I just like a big them? bag of beaks. Mr. Beaks. Um, that's if I, if I had a turkey frank company, I would totally call it Mr. Beaks. Mr. <laughs> beaks is turkey franks. See, that's a double pun. So it says here the flavor is... Actually, quite good. <laughs> For a big bag of beaks and feet. <laughs> Smoky without too much salt. Beaks and feet. I don't know why that's a phrase. That's one of those phrases that I'm not saying, by the way. What brand is this? The Jenny O. Turkey Frank. We're not saying that it's beaks and feet. But, but I'm. Doesn't beaks and feet. Somebody, somebody, upstairs, Frank's somebody good. upstairs just sold them an annual. We're going to find out in about five minutes. No. And they want library. <laughs> it's made out of beaks. Well, we want to pay Rick Emerson thousands of dollars to endorse. Wait, he, he said what? Beaks and tail feathers. No, I was just gonna say, doesn't beaks and feet sound like it would be some sort of um some sort of poultry comedy act, like in a Wallace and Gromit film? <laughs> Here's our brand new stand-up act, Beaks and Feet. Oh wow, okay. But I remember seeing like chicken's feet in the chicken mush when I was a kid. In chicken mush. <laughs> my, my grandpa. I don't even know what chicken mush is. That's what you feed chickens. Oh, you didn't have to eat it. No, no, my. My grandfather, who had a chicken coop next door to ours, would uh, every so often slaughter a chicken to eat. They all looked the same, so nobody missed them, and they were regularly punished. Wait, I so, don't. So he, he would slaughter the chickens. Wait, without per, was he not supposed to be slaughtering the chickens? Well, I guess so. You know, people eat anything, and he came from the Depression, so whenever you no, but you eat. I guess what I'm saying is these weren't like pet chickens that he was like, look over there, and then killing one without. No, these are chickens for eggs, and every so often, and for eating in the freezer, he would slaughter okay. one. Okay, okay, so. And the chicken coop had a long trough of chicken mash, which you would prepare every day. And chicken mash is like grain or corn or something? Yeah, so you mix it with All right, and, yeah. and, and stir it around. So one day I went down, and he had one of the, the feet of the chicken he slaughtered in with a mash like he expected one of the chickens to eat it. <laughs> did the chickens eat it? Or did the chickens look at it and go, why is there, there's a foot in this? <laughs> Eventually, I guess he had to throw How come chickens couldn't eat a foot if they tried? They don't have any teeth. That is true. I don't. How did he presume that the chickens were going to chew up a foot, well, even if they wanted he to? He wasn't an educated man. <laughs> he didn't. He, he, came, he came from the peasantry. He was. He was country. Yes. He didn't truck with no book learning. Uh -huh. Wow. Well, that kind of grossed me out. <laughs> a chicken's foot hanging out of a cup of. Milk. Yeah, I would think so. I just like a big bag of uh, beaks and feet, I please. I still remember it to this day. Well, that's like you go into some bars. 
chicken behind out of drinks. Well, no. <laughs> no, but I was going to say uh, it is it is not that uncommon in certain places. You find pickled pig's feet in jars. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had relatives who eat them. Oh, yeah. It, here. Here in, uh, well, not here, but in, um, in um, Malala, uh, there used to be a bar in Malala. No, it wasn't Malala. It was Silverton. There was a bar in Silverton where my grandmother was a barmaid because she was all class. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it's not there anymore. It was a place called it was it, it gets very confusing, as you'll see. It was called My Place, uh, but it was a bar called the My Place Bar. And it was on just like on the main street or whatever, but it was made to look like the front of a barn. Um, and you would go in there and I would like every so often when I was a kid, I would go there and there's my grandmother tending bar and chain smoking Pall Malls. And behind the bar, there would be these big mystery jars full of pickled hideousness. And it's like, what's what's in this jar of horrors? You know, and one of them would be like brined up eggs. Uh, and then in the bar would be that waxy popcorn. Uh, it was just, it, it, it was like, it was just like, it, it really was just like yellow wax that had been formed into popcorn shapes. And then there was another jar that was, there was a jar that was just pickled pig's feet. And I would say, even at the age of like five or whatever, it's like, who eats this? And my mother's like, well, don't knock it until you've tried. Would you like something for dinner? And I just said, no. No, if it's all the same to you, I'll pass. That was a snack for people born in the 1930s. Uh, people born in the 1930s, as my mom was. My mom was born in 36, and, and they didn't have a great deal of money. And so, of course, rule number one when you come from a poor family, eat everything. Nothing goes to waste. Well, all I've got are these hooves. Well, Put them in a bowl. You know, we'll, we'll find something to do with them. And so you would come home and there would just be a big, what's this? Well, it's just a big pot of boiling cow hooves. W- why? Well, we're going to make it into a snack. Jesus. All right. Hey, speaking of something for the past. Okay, so I found this, Tim. Clap on. Clap off. Clap on. Clap off. Stop clapper. Let you turn things on or off from anywhere in the room. Just plug in the clapper and the television lamp. Doesn't this sound strangely seductive? It does. Stereo, almost anything you want to clap on and off. Clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off. Stop clapper. Clapper is available at Meyer, Perry, Hills, and Osco. Get yours today. I don't think Osco exists anymore, by the Honestly, way. Honestly, yeah, I do not know how the clapper works. Well, here's the, just before we demonstrate it, the funny thing about this commercial is, is that, for some reason, it's all old people in this commercial, people who probably can't clap with any amount of strength or the bones will turn to dust. So you you picture your grandmother kind of going, clap, wham, and then just multiple fractures. Um, so I found this uh, this weekend while cleaning. It is the clapper. And I'm unclear. Now, who was asking if this was the advanced clapper? I was. Now, what is the difference between the regular clapper and the advanced one? I believe you can't uh, plug as many things into it as that one. You can plug two things into this. That must be the uh, for just old people, I suppose. <laughs> they, they just have a, a TV and a toaster. <laughs> All I own is this hot plate, and then the and then this thing that sucks the smoke out of the room. Um, and then it's got the okay, so we'll plug it in here in just a second. So there's the clapper, and then it's got this weird thing on the side of it though. It has two settings: home and away. I don't even know what those settings are possibly before. Why would your clapper need two settings? It must have good hearing. So in case something. They couldn't anyone walk by the house and clap? <laughs> <laughs> when you're on vacation at Boca Raton, somebody is walking by your house and turning off your refrigerator. <laughs> That's something your neighbors should do. Probably. Um, oh, man, can I tell you this? So I saw the greatest cop... Uh, the, 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 I was... Um, 
on it was Friday or Saturday or something. I was I was on the phone with Joni, and I talk pretty loudly on the phone. I just I, I'm I'm that guy that just shouts into the phone even when there's no need to. As you might as you might have noticed, um, I go on and on and on in a raised voice about almost everything. And so if I know I'm going to be in the phone for a long time and my wife's asleep, I will go out and I will talk in the street. So I, I'm not in the street, but on the side, outside the house. I will stand in the middle of the road. Um, but so I, you know, I'll go out and I'll pace up and down the sidewalk at night on my cell phone so I can annoy the neighbors instead. And there was just a bunch of hooligan kids on my street. And I think it was a bunch of girls fighting over a guy. Uh, you know, some, some toothless guy with no job, and um, girls fighting over, he's my man! And it's like, just all of these girls, like, one step away from punching each other, uh, over, over some idiot guy in a wife beater. Um, but, so I was on the phone with Joni, I'm like, hey, I think there's some, hey, there's some idiot teenagers, I think there's gonna be a beatdown. And the greatest thing happened, where I'm watching these, this, this, this sort of pack of kids getting louder and louder and louder, and then all of a sudden, whoop, whoop, around the corner comes the cop. It's just so deeply satisfying, and I think maybe that's maybe that's when you know that you've become an old person, is that you are, you know, it makes you happy when you see the cops arrive just to put the beat down on some kids. You're like, yeah, look at that. And so the cop, and what immediately happens, the cops pull up, and it was a woman cop, too, which is great, and she comes out with a floodlight, you know, and sort of Terminator 2 style, like the floodlight on the kids, and then three other cop cars immediately just come in, and it's like, I don't even know how that happens. But you ever notice when a cop, when a cop the car appears, suddenly multiple cop cars just descend out of the darkness. Anyway, and then they did that thing of lining all the kids up and making them sit on the edge of the curb and going by and shining the bright light like an inch away from their faces. You know, what, are you on any drugs tonight? It was like it was about 15 minutes of cheap entertainment as I saw the kids being interrogated by these cops. And the whole time I'm on the phone with Joni just praying that one of the kids just gives a little back talk. Just hoping one of the kids just gives a little drunken lip, just like, you know, crack. Um, what was my point? The clapper. The clapper. So anyway, so I have this, this, the clapper, and I don't know when we bought this, but we totally lost it because we found it laying in the back of a cupboard somewhere. So what, uh, what can we plug into this? Uh, how does it work? Well, we'll find out, Sarah. Well, oh, a, how about one of these here. shop lights? Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to stand up here on the Teen League Authors. Don't celebrity. fall off. How did Rick become paralyzed? Be careful. Hold on. All Rick, right. Please don't fall. Should you be Hold touching on. that outlet? Oh, Where oh. is the... Uh, what? Remember what happened to Scotty J trying to do that? Okay. Is this the uh, shop light plug here? Oh, I, don't know. I don't know. You're knocking Richard? everything down. All right. Hold on. Oh, I knocked down the bacon. You're plugging things into a, a dark box, which isn't It's good. just a power outlet. Uh. All right. So there we go. Oh, okay. But I guess I should plug the clapper in Yes. There. Oh, that's the whole idea. Oh, but it's, oh, but it's too—it's recessed, unfortunately. So I can't do that. Don't forget about that. It's recessed into the wall. Well, what did you do with this light? Is there a where's an outlet that's not recessed? There's one here. I believe there's one in the corner. Oh, and I got the Harry Potter thing down. That can be repaired. All right. Oh, it's gonna bug me now. It's all off center. Oh wait, here we go. Hold on. All right, there we go. Uh, okay. So let me put this. Uh, let me put this this power cord back so we don't trip on it. Yeah. All right. There's one in this corner. Okay, uh, is there an outlet over here? I believe so, yes. I plug things in there. Oh, wait, yeah, there's one here. Now, what can we plug into there? Anything. Will that cord reach down here? This is a long way to go for a bit. It is, we can't even see. That no one can see. It's so dark in here, we can't see. All right, so now I'm plugging. What does that go to? 
the transmitter. <laughs> so you plug that into the clapper and the clapper into the wall? Yes, yes, uh, yes. It seems like a lot of work for something that's supposed to be convenient. Well, since we started the bit, now we have to finish it. Well, I'm in the middle of it. There's no, yeah, I can't, I can't quit in midstream, Sarah. Trapped in the Rick, middle of a bit. It doesn't need to be all the way untangled. Well, I don't want it to get... Here's the thing, I don't want we to... Want, we want to keep things neat. And then we kick it, and then it pulls the roof down on us. So, all right. That's so something out of a little Here's the deal. So, the, uh, the light, the lamp plugs into the bottom of the clapper. Okay. Yeah. Did you make sure it's on home or whatever clapper, it's supposed to be? Uh, we'll set it on home. Clapper plugs into the <laughs> wall. Oh, goodness. All right. Into the wall. I jump, Richie. So, can right. clap? Hold on. Now, somebody... Somebody <gasps> clap. Tim, clap. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. No, you can't do that. You know, maybe that wasn't turned on to begin with. Is it, wait. <laughs> First, you have to turn it Hold on. Now it won't work. Hold on. No, 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 no. See, you can't just clap willy nilly. Watch that. Hold on. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Pretend it worked. Hold on. Let me turn it back. Theater of the mind. This is one of those oh. visual things. Okay, we're going to try this one more time. No, we're going to try quit. it until we get it. Okay. Maybe the light bulb's burnt Hold down. on, hold on. Hold on. All right. Well, see, but there's little lights on the front of the clapper that indicate when it's hearing noise, but I yes. can't remember Everyone exactly can see what that. you're supposed to do. Wait, let me try. Maybe it's just maybe once. Maybe you should set it on away hold on. since you're away. Hold on. Let's try this. No? No? <laughs> try the other setting. Really? Yeah. Hey, look at that, you <laughs> bastards, it works. Okay, so the, the key is, so maybe that's the difference between home and away is like three times. Because here's the thing is there's three little LEDs on the front. Uh-huh. Let me try it. Let me see if I can turn it off. Tim, right. clap three times. On the ceiling, if you want. Oh, there you go. <laughs> can I try it? You guys are yeah, like okay, having go all ahead. the fun. Okay. Why should we have all the fun? It doesn't work for girls. There Yay! you go. See? So now the light went on. So, well, that's pointless. So, <laughs> wow, we yeah. wasted ten minutes on that. Talk about TSL. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, so, uh, that's. Let me see if I can do it from over here on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. See, Whoa. but I mean, what is the point of that? Like, why? There is no point. My I hands just hurt. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> see, and they expect an old person to do this without maiming Somebody themselves. With arthritis. I mean, really. Yeah, you can just see an old woman just use it once. <laughs> And then you have to clap for the ambulance. <laughs> How are you supposed oh, to... Oh, Richie got it. Just by hitting his hand on the side of his leg. How are you supposed to dial 911 with broken hands? That is true. <laughs> yeah. Ah, wow. All right. So so you see why we couldn't get rid of that this weekend. We had to bring, we had to bring it in. I so, understand. But they moved like billions of those. Be- now, what's turning it on now? He's now like, it's just going on like, and off. Hit- He's stepping his feet. Now, is that the difference between the... Uh, is that the difference between the home, the home and a weight? Your stomach sounds strangely it's, solid no, over there. No, it's huge. It looks like he's pregnant. Oh. Look at that. Richie, you look like, you look like one of those, see that? you look like one of those kids with flies on them. You, you're all distended. Wow. Yeah, you don't really. Oh, strange. Richie. All right. Yeah. Hold on. I gotta turn the light back off. There okay, we all right. Take a break. So that's what I'm saying. So okay. th- one more time. I paid like 19.99 that thing for no reason. But wait. So uh, there you go. So there's the clapper. All right, clapper. Good bit. All right, let's take a break. Back after this, more from Tim Riley. Uh, coming. Did you clap my microphone off? 
button. Coming up later on, we'll talk to the folks from BaconSalt.com and installment the second of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Uh, plus, we'll continue our sound clip inventory. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. As we celebrate mediocrity, all the boys upstairs want to see how much you'll pay for what you used to get for free. And there goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. Coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, uh, we'll talk to the fine folks from BaconSalt.com. Oh, we still have to put bacon salt in some stuff. You know, some stuff that's not squid. Um, what do we have here that we can bacon up? I guess I really ought to try some by itself just to see what it tastes like. You know, sort of isolated from all the all other food stuffs. I think Richie has some extra chicken pies around. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Oh, I, a secret stash. Oh, I thought you were kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Richie just keeps chicken pot, like chicken pot pies? Uh-huh. Chicken pot pie! He gave me one. It was uh, very good. What is the turkey, what is the pot pie that the guy demands at the breakfast club? Is it turkey pot pie? Go fix me turkey pot pie! All right. When John, when John Bender's doing the whole thing about his dad, mm-hmm. that's in my house. That's what you get when you spill paint in the garage. Uh, all right. Hey, somebody, hey, uh, Richie, somebody called about the clapper versus the advanced clapper. What was, what was the difference? Ah, okay. All right, that, that explains why we were having difficulty, because this has two different plugs in it, which means it can control two different things. So I bet one is you clap twice, the other is you clap three times. Uh, and that's so is why we the advanced clapper? Yeah, because that's why it's in the wrong... It, there are two plugs in the bottom, two holes, and we had plugged it in to, to the second one, which is where it takes three claps. But if you, cla- if you plugged it into the other thing, it doesn't matter. It's like 20 years. <laughs> Let's move on. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. How would you like to be in one of the other movies opening up this weekend that nobody paid any attention to? Well, except unless you're in Mamma Mia, which is a little bit of counter-programming, as they say, trying to get the uh, the chick demo. 26, uh, $27 million. You know, I, I have such mixed feelings about going to see Mamma Mia. Oh, oh God. Can I, I just... start here live on stage. That's the thing is like... Okay, let me just back up here. It's a thing inside a thing. Um, Lara asked me if I wanted to go see Mamma Mia, and, uh, which, and I'm sort of indifferent to it only because... I feel like I ought to see the stage play before I see the movie, because uh, I hear the stage play is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, a, you know, everybody loves ABBA, so um, and I hear Pierce Brosnan just can't carry a tune in a bucket. I, I heard he's chunky and off, an off key. Would you? Did you? Now you didn't see the movie. I haven't seen the movie, no. All right. So it just opened this movie. The word it is kind the, of off-putting. I, 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 you, and I love Ava, too. but I love Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. I love Ava. I love Meryl Streep. You know? Call me whatever. Those, those things are both true. Uh, the word, though, is that Pierce Brosnan is just the suck, like on a massive level. Uh, so I feel like I ought to see the stage version of Mamma Mia, which I almost saw the last time we went to Vegas, and then I didn't get a chance, uh, before I see this. And, you know, it'll be on TV. In no way is Mamma Mia, like, must-see theatrical viewing for me. Oh, by the way, has anybody here seen the movie Dream Girls? No. No. Okay, then I can say this. Boy, goddamn, that movie's terrible. And I wanted to like it. And I have to tell you this, and let me just, full disclosure, I got about 40 minutes left. It's a long-ass movie. It's like two hours and 20 minutes I got about an hour left, and I will finish it tonight, so that I so that I'm not that. Well, did you watch it all the way to the end? No, I let. Well, then how can you say it's not good if you didn't watch it all the way? So I'm gonna watch it all the way. I'm gonna buckle down, 
just like I did with the toolbox murders a few weeks ago, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to watch that crap all the way to the end, and maybe it miraculously gets better. But, boy, I wanted to like that movie, and I just can't. I just... That is a movie that is... Dreamgirls is so much less than the sum of its parts. And, it, you know, it, it won an Oscar. I think What's Her what's Guts, Jennifer Hudson won an Oscar, and um, and Jamie Foxx is in... Jamie Foxx is actually really good. That's what I mean when it says less than the sum of its parts. Eddie Murphy, good. Jennifer Hudson, good. Uh, Jamie Foxx, good. Movie, bad. I mean, it was... I watched 10 minutes. I couldn't take it down. I knew it was going to be a long slog, so I turned it off. That was going to be a waste of my time. See, but this is, that's the thing, right? Is that, like, so Lara had gotten it, and Lara had, God bless her, she had the same... She got about 10 minutes into it, and she stopped because she thought I might enjoy it. Because, as she put it to me, she said it was, you know, sort of in the same um, mold as that thing you do, sort of teen, you know, sort of, you, you know, young American pop group comes of age, trials and tribulations on their way to the top, whatever. And that's the sort of thing that I, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff. And so she got about 10 minutes in. She's like, you know what? I'll wait. And she told me, she's like, I got in uh, 10 minutes. I stopped. We'll watch it again for the beginning. I think you might like it. And so we're sitting there uh, on the sofa last night watching Dreamgirls, and it was that thing, where, same thing. About ten minutes in, I knew it was going to be terrible. It's like I could just tell. I have no desire to. I, not, I never want to see that movie. I, you know, I'm a sucker for for stories about about music groups kind of making it big from nothing, right? You know, I mean, you know, who doesn't love that? And so I'm watching it, thinking, okay, you know, and and I think it's sort of a thinly veiled telling of the Supremes and Diana Ross. I mean, that's the a Romana Clay, as they say. I think it is a thinly veiled retelling of the of the story of Diana Ross and the Supremes fall, having a falling out. And so I got about ten minutes in though. And it's like the internal, like, suckometer starts going off. Like, it's in the red. I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, uh, all right, this is awful. Okay, we've got two hours and 15 minutes left. What if Lara really likes it? Okay, I guess we'll, we'll just keep watching and... um Let's just go, let's go somewhere else mentally. Let's just think about something else. Um... Let's do Sudoku in her head, uh, you know, and just keep looking at the screen, and then she won't notice. And so I'm sitting there, and so I did, I did this, um, I did, I did the move that I think a lot of guys have done because we have the one, you know, like this big sofa that sort of faces the couch. I do the, hey, why don't you, why don't you scoot over, and I'll, uh, I'll snuggle up next to you while we watch. That way, like. Like, she sort of can't see where I'm looking. Like, I'm sort of in front of her and kind of leaning back against her, you know, as though I just sort of want to snuggle up next to her. Really, It's just, which is, you know, true, but also so she can't see where I'm looking. So then I just immediately just close my eyes. <laughs> and I close my eyes and I'm like, all right, we're just going to take a little nap. The key is not to snore. And she'll think that we're watching. Um, and fortunately, about five minutes after that, there's some terrible, there was a musical number there. Because here's the other bad thing about Dreamgirls is it was sort of pitched, I think, to everybody and to me as like a sort of period piece where all the movie, uh, all the songs are sort of Motown era songs, sort of Stax type songs. But it's not. It's all just like Broadway crap. It's all just the same, like the bad stuff. It was like it was like horrible outtakes from Rent, like songs that were not good enough for Rent. And so they got cut out. And then the people who made Dreamgirls bought them like at a sale somewhere. And there's there's some song where it's like all of them doing like multi part. We're all a big family. Oh no! And finally, Lara, God bless her, she 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 speaks up and she goes, "Hey, this kind of sucks." <laughs> and I went, "Oh, thank God! I'm so glad." And finally, it's like I could let it all. I'm like, "Oh, thank God! I'm so glad you think it sucks." You because, turn the light on, Rick, with your pounding. Really? Yeah. Oh. 
worst bit ever. Anyway, but it's that thing where she finally was just like, this movie's kind of bad, Rick. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad you think so. I didn't want to say anything. Uh, it really was, it was like, it was like that, mo- that, that stage play that, what's his name, Gary is in, in Team America at the beginning, like Lease or whatever it's called. So, anyway, don't watch that. Here's well, Tim Ryan. Well, you can go through stages. Like, you pause it, and all of a sudden, you're going to come back to it, but you're going to do this little errand that you put off, like cleaning out the refrigerator. And then by the time you finish it, Aaron, you look back and you still see it's in pause mode. I think I'll do one more thing. I think I'll, I'll vacuum the carpeting on the balcony. And, and then when you're done, it's still in pause. And then finally you go, you know what? Ah. Uh, oh, no, I'll, I'll, muscle my way, I'll muscle my way through uh, so I can give a full-throated condemnation of it. But unless it miraculously becomes a di- – like unless there are suddenly car chases and, and robots in the last half hour, it's not going to get any better, which is too bad. I wanted it to be good. Uh, it's just uh, – it's just not. And then Jennifer Hudson. God, it's like there's this sequence where Jennifer Hudson and the other girls who are in the, the dreams or the dreamettes or whatever they're called, they're having they're having some big. It's it's that stupid thing in musicals, which I try to get past. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't where the dialogue of the film suddenly becomes a song. And it's all like, you know, la, la, la. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, na, 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 Talk to the hand. And suddenly they're all singing. And I'm thinking to myself. Sometimes it works, though, like one day more. And um... a lot of times it can work. Not in this in this movie. It's like they're all having a shrill off. You know, it's like who can be the loudest and most abrasive. Uh, speaking of Jennifer Hudson, and then we'll uh, resume the news. Was ha- she good? Uh, yeah, I mean she's okay. Yeah, she has a good voice. I mean, I'll give you that. She has a great voice, and she wasn't bad. She wasn't a bad. I think she won an Oscar for it, didn't she? Yeah. I mean, she wasn't a bad actress. Uh, you know, but um, but she's got a good voice. She can sing. But have you seen the cover of Jennifer Hudson's new album? Anyone? No. no. Okay, you need to see it. You know, she's a a woman of size. She's a well-endowed lady. She's a person of carriage, of large carriage. Um, look at the... Because here's the thing about the movie Dream, is that it's all about accepting yourself, and she gets discriminated against in the band for having a different body, so for being a larger girl. They shove her to the back because she's big. And look at the cover of Jennifer Hudson's new record when you get a chance, um, which I think is just called Jennifer Hudson. They've left her head exactly the same size, and they've like photoshopped her body down to like a size four. Really it's hilarious. Have you seen it? Did you find no, it? No, I'm trying to find it. Oh, right it's now. genius. Uh, put in Jennifer Hudson, and then put in photoshopped as your other uh, search term. The cover, because that's the thing about Dreamgirls, is she in the band. She's got the best, the best voice of the three. But because she's kind of a big girl, they sort of, you know, she, she gets just continually shoved at the back, and she, you know, they, they, you know, she sort of is is treated shabbily because of her size. So the movie's all about accepting yourself and, like, taking it back and empowering and big girls need love, too, or whatever. And then you see the cover of Jennifer Hudson's actual new album that's coming out. Again, head exactly the same size. Body, tiny. Oh, I'll find it and show it to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I cannot find it. Here's Tim Riley. iPhone users will not be receiving free Wi-Fi from AT&T after all. CNET.com, a part of the CBS family. Says the phone company published a notice on its website Friday morning indicating iPhone users would have free access to more than 17,000 Wi-Fi hotspots in the country. The notice read in part, quote, AT&T knows Wi-Fi is hot and free Wi-Fi even hotter. That's why we're proud to offer iPhone customers free access to the nation's largest Wi-Fi hotspot network. Well, an AT&T spokesman said that notice was an error. And has been removed. <laughs> You're going to get something free. Oh, no, it, no. This is the second such error. In May, when AT&T first launched free Wi-Fi across its Laptop Connect customers, who subscribed to the company's 3D data service, the notice was published indicating free access would be available to iPhone. That notice, too, was promptly removed. Yeah, Two well, errors. That's unfortunate. 
Uh, oh, by the way, so here's that photo, and then we have somebody with a Mamma Mia review. Here's this. Here's the Jennifer Hudson album cover. So oh, this yeah, is the cover right. of her new record. Look how her head, relative to her body, her head's all huge, and then she's got this like tiny waist they've given her. So that is, and and like her ass is just gone. Yes. Is her head crazy glued to the back of her head? <laughs> She looks like a bobblehead. The the assless Jennifer Hudson. Uh, So it's good to see that she's using that Oscar clout to really take it back. Way to be empowered, sister. Uh, It's good to see you've risen above uh, shallow body imagery in an attempt to sell records. Way to go. All right. Um, Hey, Richie, is this the bacon salt folks that we're getting on the phone here? All right. Well, let's do a few more, and then we'll get this Mamma Mia review, and then we'll talk to the bacon salt uh, people. Here's Tim Riley. Time for a monkey watch. On KCMD Portland. This is an alleged monkey discrimination case. A woman contends she needs the monkey to stop her social anxiety disorder. Tired of her monkey being scampered on by local businesses, a Springfield woman filed suit last week against a health department, a local Walmart, and Cox Health Services. In the lawsuit, Debbie Rose alleges the three entities discriminated against her and her 10-year-old bonnet macaque named uh, Richard. All the defendants who uh, rose suit for unspecified damages declined to comment on the litigation. Notice they haven't yet seen the suit. Uh, Rose says uh, Richards helps curb her debilitating social anxiety disorder, which can cause her to have panic attacks in public. Because of the monkey's therapeutic effect, Rose says, he is no different than a seeing eye dog. The lawsuit contends the Springfield Green County Health Department had no authority to decide that uh, Richard is not a service animal under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and therefore That's a crime. is not allowed in food establishments. The decision was made in 2006 when health department officials sent out letters to restaurants and grocery stores telling them not to let Rose in with her monkey. That is not right. All right, there's your monkey watch for uh, Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, we'll do uh, one more here. Then we'll get to some Mamma Mia thing, and then Richie will get to Justin from BaconSalt.com. Uh, let's do uh, one more. A British groom set his best man on fire and then stole his uh, safe containing $60,000 uh, six weeks after getting married. Wayne Barnes is said to have beaten John Maynard mercilessly and left him to die in flames. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a bad story. Uh, the death of two Maynard's injuries was so severe he had, had to have both of his legs amputated below the knee and lost most of the fingers on his left hand. His skull was fractured and he suffered brain damage. Worst wedding ever. The wheelchair-bound removal firm boss told the jury, I thought I was dead or very close to it. I was trying my best to stay alive, so I was able to say goodbye to my boys before I went. Uh, Barnes was said to have uh, fled in the victim's sports car, stealing a cell phone to call escort agencies while on the run. Maynard was found to have burns over 40% of his body and barely alive. He was the best man at Barnes' wedding, which he paid for (laughs) six weeks earlier. Jesus! Barnes uh, came to stay with him after uh, fighting with his new wife, Melissa. The two men went out drinking with friends. But Maynard returned to his home in Littlehampton and went to sleep. He told the jury he awoken later by uh, Burns shouting at him. That person, I can't say his name, was screaming, Give me your money. I've never seen anything like it in his life. Maynard claims he was hit repeatedly and then his clothes were set ablaze. So this is a story about when the best man met the worst man. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh Okay. Sorry about that. Something more uplifting, please. Uh, let's talk to uh, this guy who saw Mamma Mia. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's going on? What's up, sir? 
Not much. Hey, I, I thought I saw this in the in the trailers, but then it was confirmed when I when I read a review on Mamma Mia that like the choreography and everything just looked so bad. It was like they said it was like that they only did one take, and the director was like, "Just feel the music. That's great. It looks terrific." And never even watched the dailies or anything. Uh, I don't even think they did more than two takes. Uh, now, did you see the actual film? I didn't need to. Ah, I see. You've, oh. This you have no problem judging the book by its cover. <laughs> no. Well, the uh, yeah, all of the all of the work. I think Chris Paddock might have seen it. I think I think Paddock went to see Mamma Mia this weekend. Uh, but yeah. yeah, everybody said that like Pierce Brosnan is just unbelievably bad, and even Meryl Streep, from whom much is expected. Uh, apparently, the, the the movie's just it's sort oh, of yeah. a it's sort of a double, you know, not not a home run by any means. Apparently, it's a, it's a double of a film. But I've I've heard a few uh, sort of middling reviews, as they say. Yeah, it it got hammered. They said if you're going to go see it, just close your eyes and listen. Are you are you married, sir? I'm about to be. I'm All right. 16. So, well, then you'll you'll get to see it at some point. So let me know. How, let me know how that works. I'm going to go to the to the Dark Knight again tomorrow. So I got that going for me. All right. Good for you, my friend. Congratulations. All right. Yeah, thank you, sir. Ever. Thank you. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, boy, Dark Knight just creamed everything this weekend, though. I mean, I know that's an obvious statement at this point. One hundred and fifty-eight million dollars. I mean, that's just crazy. And I'm so glad that it, it knocked Spider-Man three out of that. Spider-Man three was just so I bad. Have... Mm. I, I mean, can't believe that they made that much money its opening weekend. What Spider-Man Three? Yeah. Well, because but that's but that's Americans not. Americans are fools. What's that? Americans are well, fools. Well, that's certainly true. But that's but Spider-Man Three, and this will further inflame. Some guy sent me some long ranty email saying that I'm criticizing me for not liking Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Um, yeah, people are getting pretty pissed at you about that. About not liking Jack Nicholson? No, remember when we were at the screening too, and you're just like, who thinks the Joker thing? And, I don't think, but see, I didn't think that was at me. I thought that was about Jack Nicholson's performance. I think a lot of people like his performance. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever they're entitled to. Uh, but he's all he's all angry at me for not liking Jack Nicholson and whatever. Um, here's the thing about that. Let me just uh, let's see. Now, let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll talk about. Wait, what the hell was I just talking about now? Dark Knight, Spider Man Three. I'll get back to that in a second. Then we'll talk to the bacon salt guy. Spider Man Three. Um. Let's see. All caps. You said that Jack Nicholson's Joker sucks. Oh, and he CC'd all his friends on it, too. So they so his friends can witness, like, the brutal smackdown he gives serious? me. Seriously? No, he sent me, like, an email about it. Is it from Timmy Ryan? No, it's it? from some guy. Uh, but then he's, like, CC these peeps. Like, look at me stick it. Watch me stick it to Rick Emerson. I'm going to show that Rick Emerson. Watch me pwn Rick Emerson. Um. Anyway, blah. Anyway, so he's criticizing me for not liking Jack Nicholson. And then... It's like he's sort of contrasting it with my lack of comics knowledge, and so therefore I'm not allowed to pass judgment, blah, 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 whatever. Um, uh, but he says, da, 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 da. He says, you like, uh, he says, um, he says, you cling to the Heath Ledger Joker because it's a very Portland thing to do, blah, blah, blah. It's very popular, blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't, tow, uh, don't tear down perfectly good acting because you refuse to do your homework, blah, 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 blah. So, you refuse to do your home, what, what homework would you have done to enjoy I, somebody's depiction of the Joker? I don't know. I guess I need to go need to go to Dragon Con. Any, yeah, any comic book I've read is uh, that Jack Nicholson's far off. Well, no, it's, it's not even that. It's, here's my thing. It's not even about Jack Nicholson's performance as the Joker as such. It's just that Jack Nicholson's performer as the Joker is the same as Jack Nicholson's performance as, what's his name, Jack Torrance in The Shining, which by which is the same thing as Jack Nicholson's performance as Randall Patrick McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. If Jack Nicholson had really only ever done, like, the Joker, and that was it, if it was sort of a one-off mm -hmm. performance of that style, I guess it might be one thing. It's just that it's Jack Nicholson... And I'm not going to be the guy who says that he only has one way of acting, because Jack Nicholson, what the damnable misery of it is, is that Jack Nicholson is a good actor. 
Uh, even as late as about Schmidt, uh, Jack Nicholson can really, I mean, he can, or five easy pieces, Jack Nicholson can really nail it. Um, you know, Chinatown's another example of that. I mean, Jack Nicholson, I mean, I mean stating the obvious, Jack Nicholson's a good actor. But Jack Nicholson sort of falls into that, you know, that here's Johnny school of acting where he just is that one very narrowly tailored persona. Uh, which is exactly the same reason why Jack Nicholson was the wrong guy to cast in The Shining. It's not that he's bad, but it's like coming off... Now I'm just like in full Jack Nicholson ranting mode. Because the, the story of Jack Nicholson... And this is, this guy's totally right when he says that I don't know much about comics. That's true. I don't know a lot about comics. But you I, do know a lot about Jack Nicholson. I, I know a lot about movies. Uh, not as much as some, perhaps. Uh, but this is why when you watch The Shining, as beautiful a film as The Shining is, and sort of the way it was lit, and sort of the production design of it, and the way Kubrick sort of saturated all of those... The scenes with all the weird light and everything. Jack Nicholson was just totally the wrong guy for that because coming off One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, you're just. The story of The Shining is about a guy, and I know I'm talking about The Shining now, not Batman. But when you watch The Shining, it's the story of a normal, ordinary, very nice family guy who is driven insane by the spirits of the mansion that they're in, you know, the lodge. But coming off one floor over the cuckoo's nest, you just the minute you see Jack Nicholson on the screen, and he does nothing, by the way, to deflate this with his acting, the minute you see him, you think, crazy guy. Which, of course, totally robs the story of all the sort of menace and the gradual punch that builds. Fast forward to Batman, when it's just sort of the same thing. It's like you're watching it, and it does seem at moments during the 89 Batman film, like his acting persona is so hollow that it's just producing echoes. Uh, anyway, so that's that's my problem is you can't really watch it sort of objectively. I mean, the bottom line for me, maybe I'll CC your friends on this response too. Uh, the bottom line for me is that Jack Nicholson's Joker uh, made me cringe, still makes me cringe, and Heath Ledger's doesn't. I mean, I get embarrassed. I'm getting embarrassed. I just get, when I think about Jack Nicholson's Joker performance, it just makes me feel. Like, I I just feel bad for everybody involved. I feel bad for him for doing it. I feel bad for me for watching it. Uh, and Heath Ledger's Joker doesn't do that to me. So, you know, so there you go, friend. Uh, oh, and then he follows it up with Love the Show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They always do. All right. Well, what can you do? Um, uh, wait, so this is... Hey, Richie, so this is Justin from Bacon Salt? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so we'll do that. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from uh, the folks at Bacon Salt, which may or may not be the greatest product in the history of all mankind. Uh, is this Justin? That's right. How, Hi, Rick. How are you, sir? Are you guys in Issaquah? Uh, we're actually, we started in Issaquah in a garage, actually. Uh, my business partner is Dave's two-car garage. We're now in a big warehouse and offices in South Seattle. All right, excellent. Is the story about starting in a garage made up to try to make you look more accessible to the common man, or is it real? Uh, it's totally real. Right. I'll send you the pictures. It was terrible. <laughs> excellent. Um, all right, so here's a dumb question. Where does one get the idea for bacon salt? By uh, drinking. Please do expand. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, the idea was actually mine. Um, I was where I grew up in uh, in Colorado. There's this little bar and they serve a, a drink called a Mitch Morgan shot. It's a shot of bourbon with a bacon garnish. So if you think uh, you know a shot of tequila with a lime wedge, substitute out for bacon, bacon and uh, and bourbon. And my brother and I were talking about these drinks at this wedding. It was a Jewish wedding, and there was kosher food there. We were just talking about how much we loved bacon, and for whatever reason, the mix of all that came together. And I was like, we we need to make a seasoning salt that tastes like bacon. And my brother was like, we'll call it bacon salt. It seems like one of those things that's such a great idea that it's amazing. Sudden somebody hadn't already done it. 
you know, I was really shocked. Um, you know, when I approached Dave, my business partner, about the idea for it, he immediately called me a liar. He's like, that product exists. You're a liar. I'll prove you wrong. And we Googled it, and there was nothing in there. And then that's when we were like, let's do this. How long, from, from drunken inspiration to product hitting the shelf, how long did it take you to get bacon salt up and running and, and, and sort of done? Um, January 9th of, uh, of, 2000, of 2007 was when we formally decided to do it. That was the night we said, all right, let's do it. We registered the trademark and started working on the next day. Uh, July 16th of 2007 was when it launched, so seven and a half months now, we from don't... let's do it to starting to sell bottles. A, and we, then... You get a lot of people who probably have ideas about how to do something or they have, you know, they're sitting around with their friends and they dream up some, uh, you know, some, some sort of product like this. Do you have to go, I mean, this is a dumb question, do you have to get like government approval or like FDA whatever approval to put to get something like this sold? You know, we were really lucky, so we didn't because we used everything that we put into bacon salt was a pre-approved FDA ingredient. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it's, a, it's really hard to figure that stuff out. I mean, that was our biggest challenge. Was like, all right, how do we actually make this? So this how is do we do it? so bacon salt is both vegetarian and kosher. That's right. And so the so who are let me, let me ask you this. Where do you sell most of this? I mean, is it most like, can you buy this uh, in a store? Is it like an online thing just for now? Like, who's the guy that buys bacon salt? Who is your target customer? Well, at first we thought it was going to be like the everyday man salt. Like, we would just sell this. Man guys. salt. We want to make everything taste like bacon. But it, it's actually turned out that an overwhelming majority of our customers are women. Um, the product is vegetarian and kosher. As you mentioned, it's also zero calories, zero fat. There's, it's low sodium. Um, there's no sugars, carbohydrates, or cholesterol in it. And so it has a really kind of a mass-marketed appeal. It was originally available only on our website, and that's how we kept it for the first few months. I mean, we didn't quit our jobs and just gung-ho run into bacon salt until, you know, uh, August or September when we really knew it was going to work. And that's when we started to transition it into retail. Uh, and now in the Portland area, it's available at everything from Albertsons, QFC, uh, down south, places like Ray's Food Place, uh, Market of Choice, Sherm's Thunderbird, Ross Fresh Market. Uh, in Good Taste was the first retailer in Portland, a little specialty food store there. So how many, you got what, you got the, the regular, you got hickory, pepper, am I missing something? Uh, there is. There's actually a natural uh, that we made specifically for Whole Foods. They have a really insane list of ingredients that you have to adhere to. They won't you, even like the process by which you dehydrate certain types of garlic. They won't allow. So it's we made one just for for Whole Foods, and there's one now. They're called Natural. Now, is there going to be uh, some sort of follow up to bacon salt where there's like uh, what is this? Well, it's uh, you know it's I, I'm trying to come up with what what else would you want? What else is another flavor you'd want to put on everything? I mean, try are you are you going to come up with like pickle salt? Um, so we're working on a few different uh, follow-up flavors of bacon salt, but they're just, you know, things that we kicked around like garlic or, you know, applewood or, you know, habanero mm, or something kind of that you would, it would easy to kind of think of. Uh, but the, the main follow-up product we're launching in September, um, I'll tell you when we're not on the air at this point, it's still totally top secret, but it's going to be bigger than bacon salt. Is it bacon-related? Can you tell it, me? It, it is in the bacon space. Is it a bacon spray? I, I I can't tell you. I seriously, but I, but my I'm not. I don't. Really, keep in mind, I don't know. I'm really honestly just guessing. That would be it genius, and I can't spray. believe it's not butter. It's not bacon right. spray. It's not bacon spray. Because I'm thinking, what else? You know, what else would be next? And I'm thinking, just an aerosol can. You know, on whatever it is you're. You know, where's that omelet? 
right there. All right. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, all right. So the website is baconsalt.com. Uh, and uh, so congratulations to you guys. Best of continued success, my friend. And I really do agree here. The slogan of it is everything should taste like bacon. And the thing is, people who know me know that I've got – it's not like I have a bacon fetish or anything. It's just that there's – People know that I love bacon, and so a while back, people just sort of fell into the habit of giving me bacon-oriented uh, gifts. And so you go to my desk upstairs, and I got like bacon, bacon textured like band-aids, like bacon, bacon mints, bacon gum, bacon uh, everything. Which is bacon car fresheners. So, what is the weirdest thing that you've heard people put bacon salt on? Oh man, it's it's all over the place. It's uh the, the two weirdest things. We get ice cream all the time. People call back and like, hey, I put bacon salt on ice cream, and then, okay, that sounds gross. Uh, but the the strangest thing is people snort bacon salt all the time. That's a lie. You're making that up. I, I, I there's three videos on YouTube of people blowing lines of bacon salt. I can send you another one we got last week. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure it's a, it's a fine product. Our uh, Richie, our PA, has tried it and quite and quite likes it. I'll be trying some here in a minute. But it doesn't sound like that would even be pleasant. No, it looks terrible. One of the guys' <laughs> nose starts to bleed. Oh, oh God! Screaming and yelling and ah! And it just, you know, we actually thought about putting out a public service announcement. Uh, we actually bought the website don'tsnortit.com, and we're going to make it all about why people shouldn't snort bacon salt. Good for you. Fantastic, my friend. All right. Well, again, great idea. And you know what? As corny as it sounds, oh, Richie has just brought me, what are these? Sausages. Are these sausages with bacon on them? Not yet. Okay. What kind of sausages are these, Richie? Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean sausages. Um, what, uh, all right, Justin, what, what kind of bacon salt would you recommend on a regular Jimmy Dean sausage? Um, I would start with just the original if you're just jumping in for the all first right. time. Climb the ladder. Um, I, I personally like my foods a little spicy, so I like the peppered, but just start with the original. Original. All right, I'm going to do it right now See how while we're on the we phone. Get. Um, don't snort it. All right, let's see here. All right, I'm putting it on. Would you say just a dash, a shake? I, I, a liberal dose. A liberal, liberal dose. dose. All right, there we go. All right, I'm now trying a Jimmy Dean sausage uh, with original flavor bacon salt on it. Sarah, you want some? Oh, I'm good. Oh, I just watched a video of a guy doing a line of bacon salt, though. How is it? That's so bizarre. It's a sausage, but it's bacon. It's a bacon sausage. I mean, I I guess I should go without saying. That's really good. All right, I'm going to go home and put this in everything I have in my in my house tonight. Oh, yeah, it's from, seriously, everything. The vegetables, the potatoes, the steaks, the meat. You know what's really good is Bloody Mary's. With That's a little bacon genius. salt in them. I guess I should have assumed that in America, everything that you can ingest eventually is turned into a drink. That is sort of that is what makes us great in this nation of ours. All right, my friend. I know this sounds corny, but you are really this is a truly American thing. You see a need, you fill that need, you satisfy the need. Fame, fortune, and riches follow. So congratulations to you and to everybody else at Bacon Salt. Best of continued success, sir. Well, thank you very much, and thanks again for having us on the show. All right, there you go. That's Justin from Bacon Salt. Uh, dot com. Richie, can you talk to um, talk to Justin there and make sure that we've got all of his uh, his contact right, info and his I do whatever. Want to try it. All right, hold up. Richie's not Richie's not picking up the phone. Richie's Where not is young Richie. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Richie Bristol, if you can hear me, can you uh, pick up the phone and make sure we've got Justin's contact info? Yeah, there's a whole lot of nothing. All right. Well, I'm assuming we do. So, all right. Well, there you go. That's Justin uh, from BaconSalt.com. Fantastic. All right, so here's a sausage. Uh, would you want just regular, like original? Here's original bacon salt. Okay. All right, there you go. really fatty. Yeah, they are. But, you know, you just have to try it. Okay. Like just a bite or something. All right. There we go. Oh, now there's sausage grease over here. Oh, all right. 
All right. I'm just saying it's weird because it's like it tastes like sausage, but it also tastes like bacon. That's I know really we're just, weird. We're just saying the same thing over and over again. Isn't that strange? It's a weird sensation. It's like you're eating like a tube of bacon. All right. This That's going to be really good in Bloody Mary. By the way, this is much better uh, than those uh, bacon Pringles I had, which were like wholly unsatisfying. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to back you up and hold Jack Nicholson thing, okay? Oh, I'm God. a big, big comic book nerd. And like, can I just say, by the way, let me just say, I- I'm really not trying to start, I don't want to start like a big flame war or anything about it. I'm just a guy, I'm just I'm just a country girl. Just, I'm just a guy with an opinion about, about Jack Nicholson. Are you bringing That's up all. the fact that it's a, that shows the Joker killing his parents when he really didn't? What? Well, well, I'm sorry, well, what is your point, sir? Okay, so I actually haven't seen The Dark Knight yet, because I'm stuck in Pennsylvania doing research. Um, but... Just from you know, from from reading comics and you know watching everything, Jack Nicholson was pretty awful. He was an awful Joker. Um, the best one ever is uh, is of course uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, well, and and Mark Hamill who uh, I haven't I haven't seen The Dark Knight, but that's just my thing. I would say, and Mark Hamill, and it was not only uh, you know by by the in the assessment of many, not only one of the best Jokers ever, but of course it was really a good thing for Mark Hamill too, because Mark Hamill. You know, got that role, and because of that, was able to parlay that into a whole now second career doing voice work. Um, you know, and so you hear Mark Hamill's voice all over the place now, doing all kinds of stuff. And of course, we played a bunch of his clips as Todd, what's his name, uh, from the Battle of Yonkers in World War Z. So if you get the World War Z audiobook, you're going to hear Mark Hamill in there too. So uh, if you ever want to really be weirded out, watch some YouTube videos that show Mark Hamill in the studio doing I've the Joker done that. It is so creepy. It's so Apparently creepy. With fans though, he makes them turn around. Really? So they don't. So they don't. So they don't have the disconnect. Like how, um, like how Nancy Cartwright used to do that with that when she would do the voice of Bart Simpson in public. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. All right. I got bacon all over everything in here. All right, my friend. Well, you when, when you finally see the Dark Knight, you will enjoy it. I give you my word right. on that. Well, I look forward to it. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right. There you go. It's two twenty. It's two twenty-five. Where does the time go? Way to go, Richie. Well, Richie's just bringing us endless things to put bacon salt on. What is this? Uh, like a, a pizza pocket thing. Okay, what flavor of what flavor of pizza pocket is this? Ham and cheese. What flavor of bacon should I? You put should in do hickory. Hickory, hickory. Yeah. Hickory. All right. Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I'm not opening them up. Oh yeah. All right, hold on. Me. Uh... <laughs> You're silly, Richie. We're just we're up to our eyeballs in bacon. And like so fattening here. food too. All right. All right. Are you gonna want some of this? Nah. All right. All right. So uh, I'm sure this is fascinating. If you're hearing me eat, let's see. All right, so this is a pizza pocket with hickory bacon salt. Ah. Wow. It's just so weird. I just, it's like my brain is folding in half. I can't, you know what I mean? It's like I'm eating a pizza pocket with what looks like a little bit of paprika on it, but then it tastes like bacon. Hey, Richie brought you some Easy Mac. You should put some bacon salt in that. Uh, did he make? Did Richie make Easy Mac for you? I don't know. I didn't ask him to. There you go. Yes, you can put some. Bacon. Are you going to turn it down? I mean, you would never. T- I do, can't think you would ever turn down Easy Mac. I've got to turn down Easy Mac, dude. I already had one today. Once again, it's just one more. Mister Mister Easy Mac, thank you. Think you look perfect just the way you are. Ah, uh, yeah. Mister Easy Mac uh, thinks that you can have as much of him as you want. All right. All right. We have to take a break. Yes, I got to like yes. clean my mouth up. Um. Two thirty. I can't believe that. Oh, all right. Oh, we haven't even talked about the infomercial you saw this weekend. I wasn't around when you called. You left me that. Do you remember the uh, oh, message you left me about the what? infomercial? Yeah, it was like eleven o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's right. I guess you weren't drunk. Um, 
Hit the bar. Thanks, That's so Rick. low. Yeah. Well, back after this with Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Bacon. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming back. 503-733-2970, just a few moments. It's like some weird... Like some weird Greek punishment that got set up during the break where there was bacon everywhere. We have to put a lid on that bacon salt, by the way. Otherwise, that's going to get spilled. And you know, and you get bacon salt in the studio, there's just going to be a whole lot of bad. Because everything we do is going to smell like bacon for the rest of our lives. But it's all greasy. But see, that's from Richie's sausages. I want Richie's sausages. Uh, so that is from, that's from that plate of sausages that Richie brought in here. God bless him. And then there's no paper towels anywhere. I was just, it's like some, it's like some, uh, it's like some culinary Kobayashi Maru. There's just, there's grease and bacon salt everywhere and there's no paper towels. What am I going to do? Uh, so, all right, do you have that roll of toilet paper over there? I know that's hideous. It's just this tiny, sad little roll of single-ply. And don't use it all. Corporate toilet paper. All right. Ugh. It doesn't even have any cardboard in the middle of it. Really? It no. just goes down to nothing? Yeah. How sad is that? What a terrible toilet paper is that? All right, I, I got to wipe this pork grease. There's like sausage grease all over the counter. All right. That's my retirement grease. All Did right. we talk to Jim Roop today? Uh, no, he never called us. Wasn't he in a press conference or something though? Yeah, but he was. But I had scheduled him. What was he calling us about? Oh, about Joe Francis, Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, in a few minutes here, we'll be uh, joined by Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, uh, who will give us the uh, the latest and greatest in the news and the whatever. Oh, by the way, hey, um, hey, Richie Bristol, will you join us here in the studio for a moment? Uh, so we have some. Oh, we, are we still going to talk about the horse? Did we ever pick out what house he's going to go to? The horse. There's so much to get to. Uh, Richie has the horse. So let's. It sounds like having. Sounds like having the runs. I'm sorry, I can't commit. I uh. I have the horse. I got a bad case of the horse. Um, Jesus, I don't even know where to start. So let's just stop for a moment. Oh no, I just I just rubbed my temples and now I've got grease on my head. Ew. I got bacon, or not pork, not bacon. It's like it's sausage grease. Things, all right, hold on. Find your center. This always happens when something goes awry with your pizza. It's not even that something went awry. It's that I drank the entire bottle, forgot that I drank it. I mean, drank it, finished it, threw it away, except for the cap, and then forgot about it. Uh, and then, because in my head, I thought I still had you know, still had some left to drink, and then I didn't, and I'm all, uh, I've gone all helter-skelter. Hello, Richie. I was looking for paper towels. All right, that's okay. I think we seem to be out everywhere. There's all right. nothing. Okay. God forbid anybody has to clean up. How are you, things. Richie? Hello, Richie. You feeling better? <laughs> I ate that plate of sausages. See, wouldn't you, I don't understand you, man. Wouldn't your stomach you the just... the entire box of sausages? <laughs> no, he had couples. I had I had half of one. Oh, uh, did you have bacon salt on them at least? Oh yeah, I dipped it in the. Wow. All right. So, wasn't your stomach like rock hard and and heaving like about an hour ago from the squid? Yeah. Why did you then decide to eat a whole plate of sausages? I need to soften up my stomach. <laughs> I don't think I don't think your stomach works the way you think it works. <laughs> well, okay. You know what this? You know what the sack needs is more pounds of mud. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> Oh, wow. What is up with your hair? And you are sweating. You are sweating profusely. Oh, dude. I've been eating on top since that salt got here. Oh, all right. You know, maybe, maybe you ought to try not eating. 
Huh? Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I know that's crazy, but maybe try a little bit of a reversal. Maybe don't put additional food into your already uh, oversaturated <laughs> stomach. Let's try a different type of salt. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's just stop for a moment, shall we, and make a list of all the things we still have to get to this week. Okay. okay. Sarah is going to your high school reunion. What oh reunion is this? Ten? God. Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Do you feel old? Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel old at my ten years. So I feel, you... Yeah, I don't really feel old, but like uh, looking, because there's a website for, you know, like everyone to like catch up before the reunion. Right. So um, I'm looking and like everyone's popped out like four kids and they're all married. And I just, oh, yeah. It doesn't seem like that much time has gone by to, for them to have had four kids. It seems, it's crazy, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to be so good. You know, the time goes so fast. I'm just, it's not even just that the time goes so fast. It's that, I mean, I don't mean to get all philosophical about it here at like 20 minutes before the hour, but um, it, it is weird just to think that, like, I don't know. It's like uh, I got an I got an email the other day from somebody uh, that I went to high school with, and you started thinking about like you know when you graduate from high school, when you graduate from high school, you're all basically just heading off into the woods, right? You all just head off into the wilderness together, uh-huh. and you know, and maybe maybe you regroup in ten years or fifteen years or twenty years or whatever. Um, but I mean, that ensuing 10 years, it's weird because you just sort of scatter to the four winds and everybody's kind of fighting their own battles and living their own lives and, and doing whatever. And, you know, far be it for me to, 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 to criticize what anybody else does with their life. I mean, different strokes for different folks and all that. But you, but you, like I told you about somebody, this is not the person who emailed me, but, uh, somebody with whom I went to school. And I look now, and it's like living in some weird part of the country and like 12 kids. I know you thought you might have missed out an opportunity. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you look and you're going to go, well, all right then. And, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, is, it's, it is strange. It really is. And then, you st- and then the weird thing about it is when you look at that and you see people you went to high school with, and I'm not just saying the kid thing, because most people have kids. So I know that we're the exception here and that we don't have any I kids. I guess so. And you know what? You know, I'm also the exception to not be married. Every yeah. person I look at, you can see their status. and. Almost everybody I went to high school with is married. And so they probably... They're going to look at me like I'm a dirty spinster. Well, that's the thing. Uh, or a whore. Or a whore. Uh, but and they're going to hug their husbands a little bit tighter because I want to hook me a sailor. Get, get me a man. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is, like, they probably look at us as being, like, maybe just as weird because we don't have kids or, we're you know, because we don't have normal, you know, nine-to-five jobs or whatever. But it but it does sort of... You get that feeling when you look back in high school, like, it was just sort of all a dream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it just... Like, I think back in high school now... And it's like, especially if you look online, you see pictures of people that you went to high school with, you see them now, and you sort of think, you're just like, did I really do that? Like, it just seems like a whole different life. It, it seems like just like a thing that I sort of hallucinated. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't have memories of school. I do, but it's like, it's all very hazy. And I don't think that's it's just... It's kind of fuzzy to me, too. And that's weird, too, because I found that people who, you know, who didn't leave Bremerton and who didn't really experience a lot, you know, like, be it education-wise or, like, go any other place, they, they can remember high school... See, that's Literally. my thing. That's exa- like, they'll be talking to me like, oh, do you remember Mr. So-and-so? I'm like, who? who? I don't even remember my teacher's name. It's like, who is your chemistry teacher? I'm like, I have I'm no clue. I'm so glad you said that because that's the point I was going to make, uh, and it sounds like an old guy justification, so I'm glad you said it, that I don't think it's the fact that it... I don't think it seems hazy because it was so long ago no, for me. No, my head's just full of other stuff. That's the thing is it's like, I think the... Clarity with which you remember high school is inversely proportional to the amount of things you did once you graduated. Mm-hmm. And it's not, look, I'm not, it's not like I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro or something, but, you know, but by the same token, I, you know, I've done, done, I know stuff. Uh, I've done some stuff and I moved to a few different places and, 
uh, had had some ups and downs, and I've had a pretty a pretty interesting career so far. I got a job that's a uh, that's you know that's that's great, and it you know lets me do some you know some some stuff that maybe the, the average job wouldn't let you do. Um, and so as a result, I look back in high school, and it's just like this whole thing. It's like I'm looking at the whole thing just through just through fog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's why I'm I'm actually going to this website for a thing, um, you know, for the reunion because I'm looking at the people. And, like people have started to email me like Sarah, long time no see, can't wait to see you at the reunion. I have no clue who they are, so I'm like going through trying to memorize people's faces and names. So when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's hey, the thing. You. But see if you go back, when people are like, hey, do you remember that one time that we? And you're just gonna, no, 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 I don't. No. So all right, so when is that? Is this weekend? It's this Saturday in Bremerton. In Bremerton. All right, so we got to make a list of things we got to talk about this weekend. Sarah Bremerton. That's your tenure? High yeah. school. I got my 20-year next year. Really? Oh, yeah? Same school as uh, Scott Daly. Have you gone to any of your uh, high school reunions? Never. Yeah, me either. I was just like, you know, why? I, I, I wasn't going to, but no, I'm, it's more What is the motivation? Is that the thing? Is that, the, is that what's motivating you? I just want to see, I don't know, I want to see what everyone looks like, and plus it's an excuse to like, go and visit my folks. Yeah. Uh, Tim Riley, will we have more news, or are you busy fighting technical gremlins? I'm about done here. <laughs> Are you calling it a day? Uh-oh. See you later. Oh, going back to the newsroom. Is that issue uh, resolved? It is resolved. Okay. All right. Well, let's just give him a round of applause then, ladies and gentlemen. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour all the way through Lycus, greatest newsman in the history of the world, Tim Riley. Thank you. Okay. Uh, have you gone to any of your reunions? No, I didn't like anybody. Good for you. <laughs> well done. Um... I don't really remember anybody. That's that's the thing. I'm gonna show up. It's gonna be terrible. You know. What was I thinking? Well, I'm not gonna have anybody to talk to. You don't have to pay though. Yeah, it's like thirty bucks. But you're taking a girlfriend. Yeah, I'm taking one well, with my friend Tanea and then uh, my friend Jason, who's super rad. He's an artist guy, and he moved to California after we graduated, and I haven't seen him in a while. And so he's – it's weird because you see people, and you haven't seen him for years. We've kind of right. gone down the same paths. It's funny because I look at pictures of him on the Space, and we have the same kind of friends and, like, go to, like, the same music and stuff. So The thing you will realize, I think – and, again, I haven't gone to any of my reunions, but I think the thing you will realize even more than you probably already do is that – I'm not – you know, as, as Don Geronimo always used to say, you know, in radio, you know, we are one step above rodeo clowns. I mean, I realize that. It's not like we're – you know, it's not like we're – like famous in any real way. I, I'm fully aware of that. But you do realize that by dint of working sort of in some part of the entertainment industry, that you are in a strange way. I'm not saying it's better or worse. You're just on a different kind of road than other than everybody else you know. I remember having this feeling once a couple years ago. Were you on the show when Lloyd Kaufman came on, the guy who made Toxic yes. Avenger yes. and whatever? Yes, I remember being in the studio where it was like me, Lloyd Kaufman. I think Kim Morgan, maybe, and Storm Large. We were all in the studio one day for some reason. I can't remember why. And I remember having this moment of sort of like third-person perspective where I was sort of above myself, kind of looking down at the room for a second, kind of taking in the scene, and thinking to myself that, you know what, there's Storm, who does her thing, Lloyd Kaufman, who makes Toxic Avenger movies, Kim Morgan, who is a film critic and now is in L.A. doing a little bit of TV stuff, us doing our thing, and you think to yourself, in all of our own different ways, at some point in our life, all of us, just made the decision of like no, and just and just sort of said like chuck it to just sort of the, the, you know to just the normal. Every, and I'm not trying to knock people who have like regular jobs. I'm, I'm really not. I'm just saying I just I think early no, on have something that we ne- will never have, which is the, job security. The ability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think that at a certain point, though, all of us just just made like just re- came to the realization that like we just couldn't do that. Like it just wasn't for us. Uh, and so that's the thing that I think will be brought into stark relief when you go to your reunion. You will realize like you will have a moment. I think. Not to make it sound too dramatic, but where you will, you will, I think, look into yourself for a moment and you will say, I am fundamentally different in some way than all of the people in this room. Again, I'm not saying you're better, 
uh, it's not that. It's just that there is some setting in you that is flipped to a different frequency. I think that's the thing you'll realize. I don't mean to. Yeah, I don't mean. I don't mean to like sound like I'm complaining, but I am just not looking forward to the. Ultimately, what always happens? What are you doing? Oh, I work in radio. <gasps> Do you talk on the air? Yeah. I'm gonna hear that, and I'm gonna have to say that over and over and over again. I'm just mentally preparing myself. For That'll that. be right after. So, are you dating anybody? Yeah. So you see me. Oh, Who are you are here you, with? Are you a lesbian? <laughs> no, totally. That's what it's going to be. Who are you here with? My I friend Tanea. I, I live alone with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here with a woman. We're just friends. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this like like Oprah and Gail. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm, bit, I'm happy, too, because Jason, my friend who's coming, he's also single with no kids. You should say that you're all in a polyamorous relationship <laughs> yeah. in Eugene. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hello. Hi, it's you. Hey, what's up? I just wanted to pass on to Sarah. She used to try the bacon salt on her favorite thing in the world, Easy Mac. Now, are you doing that now? You tried it? Not yet. I need to try. I haven't tried. I just kind of popped in my head a little while ago. I said I need to call and, and tell Sarah. I think that's why Richie originally made me the Easy Mac, but then I just ate it. All right. Next time you do Easy Mac, you should put it like a separate. There will fork be no full. next time. I'm breaking up with Easy Mac. Uh huh. <laughs> next oh, time you have Easy Mac, you just like a one fork full of bacon salt. Okay. I mean, it's not the whole thing. Just one fork full inside right. of you. Okay, like, because we'll they do, do make a bacon flavored Easy Mac. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. This what? is Benjamin the Bard. Hello, sir. How's it going? What's up? Hello. Very cool. Well, I've been uh, asked to uh, help out with the music for the 48-hour film project this year, and in order to test my improvisational muscle, I uh, wrote, recorded, and have now sent you an MP3 of my parody of Rock and Roll Soccer Mom by uh, Gretchen Bonaducci. What is the parody? You're amazing, Benjamin. What is uh, it? <laughs> the parody is titled, Some People Should Not Record Songs. Okay. Uh, Sarah, do you have that? Because I don't have it. Yep. Uh, okay, you got that. Yeah, that's one of those things. Again, one of those folders that I didn't get. Hello, everyone. Well, let's play this into the break then. All right. I'm in somewhere and I don't even hear who's that. All right. Well, let's. But I mean, let's pause it for a second. We'll break here just a second. All right. We'll play that into the break, my friend. All right. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah, the 48 Hour Film Festival. Where you got to uh, write, direct, produce, edit, and score a film when from is scratch. That up? August, I think. Okay. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick and everybody. What's up? Uh, just This is for Sarah. It's real brief. Uh, I went to my high school reunion. We had like a 15 because everybody's weird. Anyway, um, and it looked just it looked like everybody I went to school with has just been eating con- you know, constantly since yeah. we graduated because they were all about 200 pounds overweight. So uh, that was one thing that I did notice. And secondly, when you have a, a strange job, it seems like people always think that you are lying about what your job is. If, if it's not an everyday thing like a salesman or, you know, you work in an office or whatever, if you do anything odd, they always think that you're, you know, you're making it up or you're making your job sound better than it is. Totally. What, is, what, what kind of work do you do, sir? Uh, I design pollution control equipment and alternative fuel energy projects. See, that sounds like a thing, though, that you, especially now that you'd be making up to get girls. No, 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 I work on green energy projects. <laughs> yeah, it's really good for picking up chicks, let me tell you. I'm t- in Portland, though, oh, yeah, in Portland, works. that probably works. <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. It's kind of a nerd job, no? so there you have it. Well, all right, then. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Bye. All right, there you hey, go. nerd jobs come with nerd paychecks. That's true. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and the thing that, uh, yeah, no, I think he's probably got that, too. Here, my advice to you would be underplay the whole thing. Just underplay it, you know. Just but underplay it. But I kind of just want to say like I'm like I'm a bartender or something. <laughs> so you should talk. Here's what you should do. Do you want to look really cool? Okay. Okay. You should just claim that you're a bartender, but then have today be like, oh, don't be shy. Tell them what you really do. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. I. Uh, oh, no. It's not really worth talking about. I. Uh, but then somewhere on your phone, like have a picture of you with like somebody famous. Like here you go. Here's me and uh, you know whoever. 
Who's the most famous per who's the most famous person you have a photo with? I don't know. Chuck Palahniuk? Probably Chuck Palahniuk. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. Uh, you could be you could Joshua Jackson. You should find a reason to be going through your phone. Hold on. <laughs> uh, what's my parents' number? Chuck Palahniuk. Let's see here. Ron Jeremy. Hold on. I'll find that Richard Cheese. No, no, no. I'll find uh, I'll find his Trevor Keith from Face to Face. That's my favorite picture. All right. See? Just you could have a little something like that in your back pocket. All right. Oh, we've, we've got uh, we got to take a break. Uh we come back. Uh we'll uh I don't know. Fill the minutes with more nitwittery until the top of the hour. Back after this. Worth listening to yet, but I hang out with Fat Boy, Aaron Duran, Scott Galley, Rick Emerson. He pimps my MySpace. You know, people are really about to start recognizing my name. So this is my new journey. It's all about Benjamin the Bar. Sing with the radio in my car. Karaoke down at the bar. Wait a minute while I tune my guitar. Someday I'm gonna be a star. Some people really should not be those songs. I think I'm great, but my tunes, they don't catch on. Nobody likes it, but I keep No words. Uh, how long do we have here? Uh, let's see. Two minutes. All right. Well, let's see. Okay, so we got a Sarah Bremerton High School, Richie and Horrors, Richie and Waxing. Yep, but has Richie figured out what brothel he's going to go to? I don't know. Richie, have you figured out what brothel you're going to? The last one was pretty good. The Chicken Ranch? No, the other one. The Cherry Patch? Yeah. No, which one was the one that we were looking at, the really pretty girls? I that think, one? I think that might have been the cherry patch. The chicken ranch was kind of skeezy. The that was the one with, like, the beat-up white fence up front. Um, hey, Richie, do you know that on... Here, let me ask you this. Richie, what are you doing Friday morning before the show? Uh, That's right. Uh, you'll be riding in a pace car at Portland International Raceway Friday morning. Sweet. All right, there you go. All right, more so about you're that. you doing that tomorrow. Friday morning? Friday morning at 8:30. Awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, at 8 a.m. at PIR, Richard. You're going to be riding in a in a pace car, so we'll have um, and we're going to be mic'd when you do that, by the way. Uh, so What's that a pace uh, car. It's like a they, it's a, a car that uh, um, goes in front of all the other cars. Um, I say bluffing my way through. No, I think a pace car is the car that goes out front that actually does sort of set the pace uh, for the cars and as they go around, like in a test lap car. or something. Okay. Am I getting that right at all? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't know. Uh, Neither of you know. We never even got a chance to talk about this infomercial, so we have to wait and do. And we didn't do. We didn't do sound clip. Oh my, Heather and I, after we finished watching it, I was sold. I thought that. Um, yeah, Don't do, I, you have to wait? I can't this say, is yeah. talking about tomorrow because I'm going to see if I can find it online. Uh, we didn't do the second half of, of "It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard" either. Okay, that's all tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow, uh, we'll be joined in studio by Byron Beck uh, from the Willamette Week, so cool. he will be here tomorrow as well. How much time do I have to kill here? Like 10 seconds? 30? Who knows? Five? Guess you gotta just wait for the music. So you're gonna like pepper things with bacon salt tonight? Wait, hold on, let me just. Excellent, that worked out splendidly. 
Uh, all right, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondent Dick Uliana for joining us today, as well as Jim Roop, who just vanished into the ether, uh, as well as Justin from Bacon Salt. Dot com because everything should taste like bacon. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970. The talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley in the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't have with me, Reynolds. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Byron Beck from the Willamette Week. Like us next, Michael Mara's show at 7. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Don't the best. Thanks for listening, and I'm huge. And... Bye now. actually coming in a diplomatic patch.